0: I can hear you great. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, we're we're all up. Job done. How are you doing, man? Happy days. I'm spot on. I'm a bit tired, but <laughs> mate, how are you? I'm good, mate. What what were you doing? What what the hell made you go and run know. to the top of that mountain?
1: I didn't make it to the top <laughs> either, which was enough I I haven't ran that far ever. Um I don't even run. I just one of my friends did it a week ago and I thought, do you know what? I quite fancy that. Yeah. Um and I just messaged him saying like, would you do it again with me? And he said, yeah. So <laughs> uh, I got to the bungalow, just where Joey's yeah. memorial is. Um, and I, I I was just knackered, so I had to stop. Uh,
0: I, was, I was like I was eight,
1: trying
0: to, 8.7 miles, it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty chuffed, to be honest. A Good effort, man. <laughs> I, I I, couldn't run to the bottom of my stairs at the moment. Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that was it. Because, I, I mean, as lockdown's been, I've just been, you know, casually tucking my way through crates of beer and, <laughs> yeah. you know, pizzas and all this stuff, so I, I put, like, a stone on, so I'm like, I'm going to have to sort this out and, and get it shifted,
0: so Good effort. I thought I'd just run run up a mountain. <laughs> as you do, mate, as you do. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> awesome. Um Right, i tell you what, uh, are you recording at your end? I hope so. Right. Yep, red,
1: light, red light's on.
0: I will sync up mine. Could you do me a favour and just do the old clap as well so i sync up on my own. Perfect. I love working with people Sweet. that know what they're doing. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it going? Everything
1: okay? Mega. Yeah, everything's everything's mega. To be fair, really good. How
0: about yourself? It's it's um it's a bit weird, really, with all the chaos and mayhem going on outside. Like life is just trundling on as as normal here. It's like, well, you know what it's like being <laughs> being um well, <laughs> like a video editor. You spend your life inside anyway, don't you? When you're not oh, filming. Yeah? So there's not really been any difference for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wind and curtains closed. Yeah. Windows shut. Yeah. Vampires, we are. Absolutely. <laughs> I,
0: I've got blackout curtains here across my, my windows, yeah. and yeah, I'm just stuck in my my little corner shoebox office that I've got in the house, and I, I just live in that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Get in there. Yeah. Uh, cool. Literally on Monday, I moved back to to my office. I've been I moved everything home for lockdown. Yeah. Um, so Monday, I came in and got all my stuff moved back in and. This room's at the very top of the building, and it, it's chucking it down now. So I can only have the windows open a bit, but it is so warm in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It's Same, roasting. So
0: I've got I've got a great big like light studio light there, and it just cooks me. I mean, I'm am a fat oh, lad. Yeah. I'm a fat lad, so I, I sweat anyway. <laughs> but jeez, I've got that next to me. So for refreshments, shall we um, start with me to oh, go? On? What have you I've got? I've already got one. Right, went- I've got a brew dog to start. We're not sponsored, people, but look, hey. <laughs> happy days. Actually, yeah, BrewDog, no no, brew I, I have tagged yeah. you in, by the way, so I want you on Hook. here for a chat. Hook it up.
1: <laughs> I've got a selection, actually. I don't think I'll get through them all, but because I told my wife I drove here, and I'm like, you might have to pick me up, <laughs> uh, if that's all right. But I've got uh, I've got a Goose IPA. Uh, and then, obviously, be it, being a Manxie, I've got Oakles. And I've got bushes. Bosh, job done. So, sorted, aren't we?
0: We're going to get paralytic at this rate. Right? Right. I had—I um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I had a, a, an expat guy that lives in Germany on here called the Likeable Rider. He's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a British motovlogger that lives over there. By God, he's an ex-squaddy, and by God, can that boy drink. He was about three to one with me. Like, I'm, I'm, And by the end of it, we were minging.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> minging, I love
0: that. <laughs> It was a giggle, it was a giggle. So, slangs. cheers. Thanks very much for coming cheers.
1: on. Cheers. Oh, honestly, it's a pleasure.
0: Mm. Right.
1: My, so, man, uh, my, my, my little man Remy being here, do you?
0: Not at all. How you doing, Remy? <laughs>
1: uh, he's all good, aren't you?
0: Hey, happy boy. <laughs> good lad. Um, folks, this is Dario, Dario Leonetti. You will probably know Dario as the video guy in um, Racist Places, the Lyndon Poskett, um youtube series when he did the dakar and all this different stuff so um this is dario i love his work Yo. i love what he does and um i reached out on uh, instagram and thankfully you said yes and here we are oh,
1: honestly I, could, I couldn't believe you you wanted me on I've, uh, I've never done anything like this it's i'm not used to being this side uh, of the camera so yeah yeah um but when you when you messaged me i was absolutely buzzing like oh, i'd love to do that oh definitely man. um
0: yeah No, i'm chuffed i'm chuffed you agreed to come on um Right, well obviously there's questions, there's loads of questions across all the different social platforms and stuff, but um, I think to start off with, I'll put, the, I'll put the ball in your court and Dario, tell people a little bit about yourself. What's your name, where'd you come from?
1: My name's Dario, um, I was born on the Isle of Man, I'm half Italian um, and half Manx, um, 30 years old, recently became a father nine weeks ago to a little girl. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, um and I and I make videos. Really, I'm I'm a creative as a as a profession.
0: Hey boy. Right, so, so first yeah
1: that, that's that that's me.
0: First off, how are you finding fatherhood?
1: Um Yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, it's good it's good to be fair. Everyone's like, Oh, get a puppy, it's great it's yeah. great practice. It's not.
0: No. There's nothing it's like it's
1: it? It's it it's just Mega, but yeah, when she came along, it, in fairness we're the more that I'm talking to other, other mates and stuff that we've met having kids at the same time, the more I'm realising that Hallie, my little girl, she's, she's a dream. She's yeah. sleeping. I mean, I don't want to, like, jinx it. Keep touching wood, but um, seven hours a night she's sleeping. Seriously? Yeah, I, I, I know. I don't want to jinx it, but, yeah, so she she has her a, a last feed at, like, 11, and she sleeps through to, like, 6, half 6.
0: Dude, I hate you. My, um, my son didn't sleep for about <laughs> the first... He didn't sleep and he didn't eat for about... The first two years of his life.
1: Oh my god! Night, I, yeah. I've heard all this stuff happening. So <laughs> there's me whinging, like, oh, it's so difficult. But yeah. really, I think I've got it quite good. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 um it's unlike anything else I think out there. It's it's awesome. My boy's 22 now, and um,
1: I oh mean, it's, wicked!
0: It's just meant to, he's older than I was when he came along. You know, and it, and it's just like oh wow, bloody hell, it's crazy. I yeah, look at him and just that's a
1: great age, that
0: yeah, isn't it? You know, you, you yeah. remember what it was like? Well. It was bloody hard at that point Because I'd just become a dad I was 21 when I became a dad <laughs> But I remember my 20s And it was You know It's such a great time Isn't it It's like It's like before oh, it's Before you sort of Really become an adult Into your late 20s And into your 30s eh? And then
1: Yeah, yeah. You start earning money At a job But you don't really have Anything important To spend the money on So That's you it. just Piss it up the wall Do whatever
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good Yeah good times yeah. Good times mm. Right so um, Yeah you live on The Isle of Man I, I do, yeah. Have you been there the whole time or did you move off or no, nope, uh, born here. Um my mum's
1: from here. My dad is from Naples in Italy. Mm-hmm. He came over when he was three. Um so I've always I've always been here and I am incredibly proud to say that I'm from here. I love it. Yeah. Um it's an amazing place. I know you've been yourself.
0: Once, yeah, I've been once. Yeah. yeah
1: loved it. So so you, you I mean, you have to come back. Oh, you were you saying that you were gonna come back this year?
0: I was I was supposed Petite. to be there. I was supposed to be there with my mate. Uh, Fulch for the TT this year but obviously that's not happening but we've rebooked and we've got the ferries and everything all rebooked so I I am there next year mate for the TT I think we've got some beers let me tell you absolutely I think we've got three (laughs) weeks there we're in a can't remember the name of the campsite we're in some campsite I can't remember where it is. Is it? I don't know. I, am, I oh, have. Right. I have nothing to do with this other than I said I'll go and I, I'll yeah. put some money up, and that's it. My mate Fulch organised everything. So <laughs> mega.
1: Well, shout me when you're over, and we'll we'll hook up for sure,
0: mate. Definitely, absolutely. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, how does somebody from the Isle of Man? How do you get into like video creation, content creation, and then get you know aligned with Linden and end up doing going to the Dakar and filming the Dakar yeah. and all these amazing races
1: um so ever since I was quite little um i'd always i mean I had like a real crap camera back then it was like you know potato quality, but <laughs> I could make videos on it. it was like the first time those c f card cameras come out so I uh, got one off eBay and I just made videos of me skateboarding with my friends and jumping my bike and um, running, jumping into bushes and just being a young kid. Yeah. Um, and I've always liked video. I've always been making videos. Um, went to college, did like an art degree, discovered graphics Photoshop Illustrator, went on to Sheffield Hallam University, which is where I then sort of uh, dipped me to in animation mm-hmm. um, uh, and then from there, I came home, and there's a there's a post-production house um, on the island called Greenlight Television, Right. and they do the TT. The they basically do motorsport all over the world. And for the summers during university, I was pestering them, like, can I come in, I'll make cups of tea, you know, I just want to come in and help and all that. Um, and I think they just sort of saw something in me that they liked right. and put me down, you know, when I was finishing uni. And I finished... Um, in 2012, came home for a month and I had a job there. I didn't even write a CV. Wow. So I literally fell straight into it, um, and it was baptism of fire because I've been making videos, you know, to show me friends and put on YouTube. But then I was in broadcast television, so I, I had to learn quickly. That there's, there's a lot more to it than just putting clips together. If you know what I mean. Okay. Um, and from there, it's just led me to here, basically. Um, all very natural stuffs just happened. I've not like tried to tried to like direct anything it's just all sort of fell into place
0: meant to be mate, meant to be exactly yeah, <laughs> so how do you find what do you find is like the major difference then between doing stuff for, you know that for social platforms like youtube and then that that step up to broadcast quality what what's the major difference do you think
1: um it, i'd say the um if you're doing something for for youtube there's no um there's no like um legalities that you've got to hit like i mean you can put anything on youtube Mm. regardless of how good the quality of the video is or how the audio sounds whereas television there's literally if it's slightly too overexposed or your audio is too loud it'll get rejected um and you're working with like deadlines if you're filming something at the weekend like a motocross race on the sunday and on wednesday it's being sent to the broadcast house it has to be right straight away because you don't have time to go in and fix stuff jesus so you make the video and then you comb through it from the beginning again, make sure all your audio is correct, all of your shots are, are um, exposed correctly, your colours match. So um, oh I'd say just all of that stuff that dresses around the video, there's, there's a lot more of that to it and you have less time as well. So it's a little bit stressful. Um, once you get, you know, you do it for a little while, it becomes second nature.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I mean, it's the, the timescales is probably my biggest. Well, th- that and lack of any creative ability, but yeah. I'd say timescales probably my biggest Achilles heel because I just take I take so long to create a vid. I'd, I I filmed a vid on Tuesday, which is going live tomorrow, and I've yeah. literally spent. Well, I was up till sort of half two, Tuesday night, half two this morning. And that's starting at about half eight nine in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I just managed to get it uploaded before we started now so my, my Patreon lot could see it before I it goes you. live.
1: I feel the pain. And I and yeah, that's I that, know how it is.
0: That's a thirty minute YouTube vid, you know, and you're like how do you yeah. I, I don't know. I mean you did that to stuff honest, with the Dakar in a Jeep. I don't know how you did that.
1: <laughs> there's like um basically there's, there's no you have no choice but to do it um and it's amazing how when you when you know at four o'clock every day um there's a the tv truck at whatever bivouac you're at your video needs to be on the usb given to the guy otherwise you miss it and in fairness i missed i think i missed um one i missed because i was just too late that day and another one we missed because the bivouac was closed which was out of anyone's control so there was two days i missed um the transmission time right um but when you've got a deadline and a time, it's amazing how you can just literally start setting fire to the keyboard, bashing the keys and, and getting it done. Um, but, yeah, it's not, it's not exactly a nice experience. It's, it's stressful. But then when you hit the deadline, you post it and it's done, it's an awesome feeling.
0: It's that, that sort of... It's like an endorphin rush. You get it just on YouTube. When you hit When you hit upload and publish... Excuse me. Yeah, there's just this sure. weird rush you get from it. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, you've you've created something
1: from hmm. scratch, and everyone's watching it, and then you get some nice feedback, and yeah. it's just like, ah, oh, it's, it, it's a good feeling. I know exactly. I know what you're talking about there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's lovely, um, especially when people are enjoying what you make. I mean, um,
0: there's going to be loads of questions. I know, but I mean, we're just having a wee chat just now, anyway. So we'll probably cover yeah, some yeah. of this again, but. Um, like talking about feedback, do you get do you get much hate? Do you get much sort of troll action? No, I'd say um, I'd say the
1: majority of the constructive criticism, let's call it, that I get in the comments, um, is always about music. Um, <laughs> yep. I don't like don't like the music track. do don't, <laughs> don't like you know, um, and it's never really anything else apart from people's opinions on music and obviously that's a very hard thing to keep everyone happy so yeah i always just try and pick something that suits yeah the particular mood or whatever's happening but apart from that um no i don't really get i've not really seen anything yeah i'm too negative anyway
0: I, i've been very lucky as well i got a little bit initially because i i used oh what's it called reddit you know reddit uh, yeah, yeah yeah i like reddit yeah. I, I ventured onto Reddit, and oh my god i was just i was ready to kill so i thought right, i need to come off that and then um yeah music that that's probably the biggest the biggest mm-hmm. amount of criticism i get is music and people not yeah. liking the jump cuts because my style is pretty much all jump cuts so that's just yeah my, yeah my way of doing it um, that's it
1: <clears> it's there's a lot of tastes and a lot of opinions yeah. and you can't please everyone no. at the end of the day so you have to just do what you like to do because at the end of the day it's your art So that's it and you um, attract
0: you attract your little community don't you around exactly. that exactly yeah, yeah, yeah for sure Cool. Um, I've just
1: quickly got to close this window because there's, yeah. ra- there's rain coming in no worries. One, one, one second <laughs> I just heard it tapping, tapping away there I could hear the seagulls calling
0: ahead. as well in the background. Sounds yeah, lovely. Yeah,
1: God, they're massive <laughs> over here. Like rugby balls, the seagulls. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, how about we crack on and, and start doing some questions and we just see where it takes us. Hey, we'll, yeah, for sure. We'll go with that. Yeah, right. let's go for it. Right. Um, first off, folks, we're going to go to Patreon for all the clans folk. If you haven't checked that out yet, I'll mention it now. Patreon.com forward slash depot one First off, Martin Beresford. My question is... Did Dario get motion sickness trying to edit whilst driving the dark art? And if so, how did you deal with it?
1: Oh, my God. It is... There's some, so, some days, depending what route you are and where you are, what country it is, yeah. some, sometimes the roads are quite pleasant. And, like, certainly in Peru, down the, the coast there, they were all really smooth, so I was happily just tapping away. Um, I, if I ever get a text message and I'm sat in a car like, as a passenger, and I look down for two seconds, I get sick.
0: Yeah, I'm this. I can't
1: can't do it. I'd make a terrible (laughs) co-driver. I always have to be in control, looking ahead, but now I've got this laptop, and in fairness, it's on, like, a a platform sort of raised up, so my head, my eye line's ahead, but as soon as you get onto these bumpy roads, your eyes start rolling in your head, your teeth are falling out, everything's (laughs) just gross, so um, it, it gets to a point where, you're about to be sick and you just have to pull over and get a bit of fresh air. Yeah. It gets um, that bad. Yeah. Um, and I normally I normally try and so the way it works is um wake up in the morning, I'd film Lyndon getting ready, yep. uh getting his kit on, bit of breakfast, off he goes onto the stage. Um he goes and does it, the GoPro footage comes in, mm-hmm. Film him arriving back at the bivouac, how's it go? How was your day? Da-da-da. I'd then do as much as I can with that footage before I went to sleep. So I'd end up staying up later, so I had less to do in the car, if you okay. know what I mean. Yeah, got you. Got and you. I'd end up I'd end up sleeping in the car, um, which was annoying because there's, there's so much stunning scenery that yeah. I slept through, especially <laughs> in Argentina and it, uh, Uncle Rick, who was driving us, he'd, he'd elbow me because I said, Wake me up, there's something mega. Yeah. And yeah. So, But I just couldn't help it. That was, that was the best way for me because I got such bad motion sickness. God, I've been. For me, there was no way to steer around it. That's just how it was.
0: I remember watching some of the clips when, when you were suffering. and um, Is it Rick, Rick <sighs> yeah. was taking the mick out of you? Uncle Rick, yeah. And um, I mean, I, I, I used to watch it commuting in and out of London on the train. And, and I used to because it was perfectly perfect length of an episode. Really, I could yeah, maybe yeah. get one or two in on the way in. Ten and, minutes um, or something, weren't they? Yeah, yeah and um, I started to get motion sickness just looking at you in that jeep getting jostled about, and I was like, oh my god, oh, this god. must be to, to edit, <laughs> edit when that's going on. That's horrific. Um, yeah. So, like, do you do you you ride as well? Don't you?
1: So, at Dakar, yeah, that was like the moment that was like. You have to get a bike. Mm. And I've worked with I've worked in motorsport since 2013. I used to film the World Endurance Um Championship. So they're all the World Enduro for two years I produced that show. Um and I'm around with the best riders in the world. Obviously on the Isle of Man, you've got the best of the best, David yeah. Knight, mccanny brothers. Um and I've just never ever put my leg over a bike. I I've always done drifting. All right. I've Always had cars. Yeah, yeah. And I've always done, I've done drifting and and all that stuff. And um yeah, being away with Lyndon and I don't know what happened. Just sparked something. I'm like, when I get back home, I'm going to buy a bike. And I've been riding for two years now, and it is the but the best thing I've ever done. I'm gutted that it's taken me. It was 28 when I started. Yeah. That took me 28 years to do it. Yeah. um so I've got a lot of catching up to do, but I, <laughs> I love it. I go to bed at night and I can't sleep because I'm thinking about it. It's, it's really—it's it? got me big time. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: I was the same as you. I was—I was late to the party. I was yeah, 32, yeah, 32, 33 when I passed my test, and yeah. So I'm, I'm part of me is glad that I waited till I was a bit older to do it because I. Yeah. I mean, I've nearly killed myself umpteen times already, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> if I'd done it in, like, my late teens, early 20s, nah, I wouldn't be here anymore. Just, yeah. nah, no way. So,
1: again, like we were saying, meant to be, these things. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, are, are you going to be doing any travelling yourself, then, on two wheels? Um. So Andy, one of my best pals
1: who came, uh, who I work with, mm-hmm. he came to do the the Africa uh, Eco Race. Yep. And I said to him when we were sat in the car one day, and I'm like, dude, do you like fancy doing this one day? Like, and he was like, I never thought I would, but I, I do. Oh, man. So I'd say in like 10 years' time or something, because I want another kid. So when I, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. all going well. If I've got two um, and they're of an age where I can go for, probably can't go for too long, but, you know, three, three weeks or something, or four weeks, I'd love to. Yeah. Um, it's very appealing to me. And I, w- I promise myself that I will do it for sure.
0: Oh mate, what? So,
1: and I've got the likes of Linden and that who I can ask. What, where yeah. should I go? How do I do it? You know. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely going to do it one day.
0: Mate, with your with your sort of skill level and creativity, the sort of content you could produce on a trip like that would just be mega. It's probably. Yeah. I don't like to have regrets in life, but I I wish I could redo my world trip with yeah. the sort of limited ability I've got now because I. I mean, I look at my 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 World Series, and you look you look at it with a critical eye, don't you? You just look and you think, oh Jesus, why didn't you do this, do that? And oh, the sounds yeah. crap, and the pictures crap, and oh. yeah. I would just love to be able to go back and redo everything. But I suppose that just adds to the the rawness of it. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know anyone in the creative industry that wakes up the next day and likes what they did the previous day. <laughs> Yeah. it's horrendous yeah you know, i'll sit there edit a load of photos the next day come in and be like what was i what was i on last night these are horrendous oh i'm glad Did it's we not do them all.
0: yeah
1: yeah um so nothing's ever nothing's ever perfect and nothing's oh. ever finished with what we do yeah but yeah cool
0: yeah you've got your own business haven't you is it is it bloom bloom creative bloom, yeah
1: five years in august it'll be um self-employed wow um which has
0: gone very quick, actually. Um, is, do you specialise in sort of the, the motor industry or is there any particular niche that, that you deal with? It's one of those,
1: you know, if I could sit there and choose what I'd do, it'd be motorsport all day, every day, because that's mm. what I enjoy doing. Mm. Um, I think that's what I'm good at. Um, but then, there's like being on the Isle of Man, there's a lot of corporate work, um, yeah. a lot of events. For a good, until last year, I was doing wedding videos as well, so I was literally anything that needed video and I was... Put my hand up and go, and I'll do that. Um, so I did a bit of everything when I started going self-employed. Yeah. Um, but ideally, if I could just do motorsport, that would be the one for me, definitely.
0: Awesome. Uh, wh- yeah. What's the plans then? What's What's your future plans if everything goes right? What's the plans?
1: So, uh, Bloom Creators, my current company. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've got Luke and Andy, my two my two very close friends. Um, they've both got their own companies. Um, Luke does motion graphics and animation. Andy mm. does a bit of everything, film and animation. We last year formed up and made Visual Picnic, so it's one company with the three of us under. Nice. So the the aim is to to start doing more more high end work, and I mean, there's a few that have come close. We we had a last minute one coming with BMW, uh, Motorrad World Superbike. Oh, if, if they would they admitted it was their fault. Because they were so last minute, we chucked a quote to them, and they just said it was too. It's too late. Like, but we'll shout you in the future. So, you never know tomorrow who's going to email or call you. But if they want to shout me and the (laughs) the boys, you know, we'd happily, happily do some stuff. But it's one of those. Like, I want to just see what happens naturally. Like, I never even um, tried to to land all this work of Lyndon. It happened by accident. So that's how everything's happened so far. So I'm just going to keep. Letting things uh, naturally happen, I think.
0: Right. Awesome. Yeah. Man, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. It's, it's great to see how things are developing for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, definitely. I've just seen the next question or who it's from. Pete English, he's got a bit of a reputation, has Pete. And uh, he, his questions are normally the more um, obscure or thought provoking. Last week, okay. last week with um, Phil from Paint Nation, it was it was quite reserved, and it sort of took both of us aback. Really, we were like, "Oh, we weren't expecting yeah. that." So I think I think he's 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 going to try and uh, prove a point. Is he making here. it up,
1: making up for it. Here, is so. he? Oh, serious? Okay.
0: Maybe not. Serious question first. Lyndon's Races to Places series has been fantastic to watch and comes close to second to Bruce's Round the World trip. Good man, Pete, thank you. <laughs> so what's next for the channel? Are you going to concentrate more on the races or will there be more touring involved? Well, we kinda, we've kind of we covered a fair bit of that, but over to you.
1: Yeah. So before I go any further, just so you know, um, I spoke to Lyndon yesterday and he is so keen to come on here. Seriously? Yeah, I know for sure he'd love to. So. Oh, man. Um, like after here, I'll I'll like I don't know if you've got him or on Instagram or but he's he's keen, he, he'd love to. Uh, yes, yes, please.
0: So, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, because oh. he amount you'd need um you need hours to talk to him. He's got, <laughs> he's got some stories like so. But yeah, so he's he's definitely up for it. Oh um, mate, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. No, no problem. Um, but yeah, what was I going to say there? Um, so I've I've. Linden's races to places series that was all done by Linden and an editor called Mikey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually had no um, nothing to do with the races to places. I came in at Dakar, Dakar, yeah, uh, and from two thousand eighteen. That's where my um, my work started with Linden. Yeah. So obviously he's f- he's finished his world travels now. He's done the whole place. He's come home. It's all now, loved I up now, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's loved up with Cami. Who's just she's so nice. It's it's lovely. Like um, I've I've hung out with a load. She's a great girl. Um, but I definitely think Lyndon's he's super keen. He wants to go back to the eco race next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's more looking down um, the route at having his team and managing a whole team and him racing with a group. Right. So a full team unit. So he's he wants to uh, to do that more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to think now how we can make the next trip to the Eco Race, or if he ever goes back to Dakar, maybe, how we can make that different to what we have done in the past. Yeah. So. Yeah. For when he comes on, when he comes on, you'll be able to pick his brains with that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, That'd be awesome. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. So you're you're already trying to think how can you, you know, step step in front of the curve and do something different yeah. for the next one.
1: Mm- Lyndon never wants to do anything twice he 's yeah. always wanting to better it, or yeah. if you can't be you know if you can 't better it, how can I like swerve around and make something take a different angle at it mm, um, yeah. so yeah, I mean we've not even had a chat about this next um eco race, but i like I know how i'd like to tackle it, but I think we'll keep that stew for now no fair enough, fair enough, so because the daily videos are great um they're just they 're ruthless because. You're so you have so little time to do them, so at the end of the day you have all this footage and you're like, oh, there's so much stuff that I couldn't include yeah. because we had to keep it into twenty minutes and we had a day to make it. So I'm like, what if we had more than a day to yeah. make it <laughs> over the whole event? I yeah. don't know. So what's what's well, we'll with see. the twenty
0: minutes with the, with twenty minute limit? Is that a personal thing or no, something um, that's stipulated?
1: Dakar was ten minutes mm. and. Linden was in a contract, so he was allowed seven minutes per episode of morning, waking up, bivouac, um interviews, da 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 and he was allowed three minutes of GoPro in stage footage. That right. was just what Dakar uh agreed to is what Linden um he, he paid for those for those rights basically. So that right. was the I mean, give or take fifteen seconds here and there, but that was the, the framework we had to work with there. Um Eco Race Lyndon basically said, look, Dakar, every day at Dakar I could have made a 20 Mm minute easily. There was so much good footage. ah, It was a struggle to cut it down. So I said to Lyndon, we could easily do 20 minutes a day. So he approached EcoRace and said, are you cool with us doing 20 minutes? And they said, look, 20 minutes and you can do as much GoPro in-stage footage as you like. They were really supportive. They were unbelievably awesome to work with. Anything that we needed. Um, they were literally. Oh, we'll do that for you. We'll help, and yeah. we ended up sharing footage with each other, and it was just a pleasure working there. Dakar was a little bit more tough. Um,
0: yeah, I, I've got. I've got to admit to you, I th- I actually preferred the Eco Race series because it. Yeah. I I, th- I think there's maybe it was maybe a whole load of different factors, in that. Y- you plainly had a lot more freedom to do the content that's, you wanted that's to do. it. But it was yeah. the, the t- having the team there together for the first time rather than just Linden yeah. by himself. So there was all yeah. the... There was the story of the interaction amongst the, the no, riders definitely. themselves and then you guys. Yeah. There was a, a, it felt to me like there was more behind-the-scenes footage with you guys and, you know, the mechanics. Yeah. Well, he,
1: he, was, he wanted... Linden wanted to show everything yeah. at the Eco Race. Um, with Dakar... It was really tough, and i i, I really because I'd never really known Lyndon until I literally went and did the event with him. It was you know I chatted to him for like a, did, sent a few emails. I have to tell you how we met like I'm sure there's a question that someone's asked of, I've seen, but yeah um like with yeah with the Eco race he was he was like look i want I want you to film everything, I want there to be some serious stuff when it's happening if we're having a laugh, film that." show you guys um the media crew just anything that's interesting so each day we were trying to show something different otherwise it could very easily be wake up breakfast ride bikes race yep. sand dunes yep. home god that was hard sleep mm. and they could be very you know could easily become quite repetitive so um but then with the dakar we we were just so con- constricted um and also with Lyndon being the rider and also being Malimoto and having to do the work on his bike. Phenomenal. I was so impressed at how I I was shoving cameras in his face and he just somehow managed to, like, pull a smile. Yeah. Even though he was knackered and stressed and tired and beaten up and his hands were blistered, like, I really admire him for how easy he was to work with because he could very easily be, been moody and tough to work with, but...
0: Yeah, I, um, I've I noticed that. I I do tours as well. You know, I take punters away on trips around predominantly Spain, and yeah, what you were saying there about waking up some footage on the bike, some footage, and just you can very easily fall into the trap of churning out the same stuff. And I've Conveyable. been guilty, yeah, yeah, I've been guilty of that with a lot of my trip videos. And I've been trying, like last year, I was trying to get a lot more off bike footage to try and mm-hmm. bring a bit of variety in it. But the second yeah. you put a camera in someone's face, especially people that aren't used to it, they just clam up. Mm-hmm. So you can have the like yeah. the, the most gregarious character who you think you're going to be awesome on film. Put the camera on them, boom, just nothing.
1: Oh, it's amazing what a camera can do oh, when God. you point it at, at someone. I know, you yeah. You get the most confident person, you shove a camera at someone, and it's uh, rabbit yeah. headlights. I'm deaf. I'm like that. I'm, I'm yeah? really not confident in being in front of the camera. Don't know why. <laughs> I'm getting better um but linden will walk through a packed bivouac holding the camera talking to it and yeah. there's people looking and he does not care because yeah. he is just wanting to do his thing and show it share it with his fans yeah um and that's hard to do Man, like, yeah. it's re- you know when everyone's looking at you and you're you know you're talking to a camera it's it's difficult.
0: I feel I've a total tried. knobhead doing it. I, I, I exactly. Can, I do it, but a lot of the time I put it off because I just think, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to be that dickhead, you know. But no, but no, you have I to. I go and hide
1: behind a van or something, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. when no one's looking. I know. Oh, hi guys, hi guys, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> trying to do it there quickly, but Lyndon doesn't. He just doesn't care, and that's why his, his media is so good, yeah. um, and so natural. I think.
0: Yeah, cool. So, well, right, second part of Pete's question. Here we go. This yeah. is this is more. Uh, up his strata. Would you All rather right. be a worried genius or a joyful simpleton?
1: Joyful simpleton.
0: oh nice. I just want
1: a happy life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Happy yeah, yeah. life,
1: me. Yeah. yeah,
0: I want to laugh, giggle, be silly. Absolutely, totally agree with you there. You yeah. tend to find that, don't you? Like, you find that with a lot of creative people, a lot of arty people. They're just troubled yeah. souls a lot of the time, aren't they? I feel like, um, like don't
1: get me wrong. I, I go there sometimes. Mm just with like, that's what life is, you know, mm. you, you have these ups and downs, and when I'm in that, that that sort of period, it's, you end up getting mental block, and then it, you're looking for music tracks for an edit, and you can't find one you like, and then you're four hours there smacking the desk, and then next minute you, you're struggling, you get creative block, and it's just, it's no good, mm-hmm. so I found just being stoked and not putting any stress on anything and the next minute all of the work just happens naturally and absolutely that's just that's what works for me anyway yeah um but sometimes you can't help but get the stress on when you've got deadlines and there's a load of stuff happening <clears throat> um that's where meg's now she's like go out on your bike you are a absolute nightmare this week <laughs> go and ride your bike or something uh, yeah. and that helps for me my my, my yeah. wife,
0: my wife's brilliant like that as well. She, she'll just say to me, "Just just go out on a bike, just bu- yeah. bugger off on a trip, go away we just, just go, just- <laughs> go somewhere. <laughs> she knows <laughs> she knows when i'm just I'm just like, i need I need out on a bike." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we're lucky. yeah, definitely, absolutely. I'm yeah. so are they though mate so are they <clears throat>
1: yeah, for sure, for sure
0: <laughs> uh, right, Damien, is is Linden really as positive positivity as he comes across on camera? And if so does he cheer up the whole camp or would his positivity get annoying at times?
1: Sometimes. <laughs> you'll wake up in the morning and you've had 3 hours sleep on an air mattress that popped in the middle of the night. So you've been lying on the ground <laughs> in a cold sleeping bag because I bought a shit sleeping bag from like a service <laughs> station. So it was good for nothing. Yeah. Shivering did it in. You know next minute the zip opens. "Hey man, how's it going?" <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Lyndon. <laughs> he is exactly how he is on and off camera. Yeah. Um. It's very rare that he's not happy, and if he isn't, there's a reason. Um. But he is stoked all the time, and yeah, he does. He lifts the the, the camp up. Um, Brilliant. Say so something's happened, and I don't know something's just not gone right. He'll come in, put his arm around you. Come on, man. It's all right. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Like. When I missed the first transmission at Dakar, and I was gutted because he had all those people that paid the his Patreon fans and everyone mm-hmm. that donated. I felt like I let them down that day. He came, put his arm over my shoulder, and I was stressed. And he went, "Don't worry, it's all good." So he is like that all the time, Brilliant. unless there's a reason, and it's very rare that there's a reason. Yeah, obviously there was, there was there was a bit stuck. of an
0: issue, wasn't there in the was it the Eco Race one where there was a bit towards, of an, at the end towards the end. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean. Yeah, there was, and at the end of the day, it rules are rules. Um, anyone that knows what happened will know. But that <coughs> just sort of put a real bitter end to an awesome trip because it mm. was the second to last day. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's not like you know. Lyndon was in the right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he was just basically protesting uh, his innocence and the rule book. So, mm.
0: um, no nah, fair play.
1: And even then, even then, he was still. One minute he's having a discussion with the organisation and the other rider that was involved. As soon as they'd they'd pissed off, um, he'd come round, oh dear, and then he's on camera explaining what happens, still smiling, so Mm. he's got an awesome head on his shoulders. um, It's fantastic
0: to to have somebody like that who's so positive about everything and so balanced about everything and can... You know, yeah, they can play the they can play the serious man when time needs, but they they also yeah. very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're very sensitive to the the group dynamics, and like you said, when when the people need an up, they're there for you.
1: Yeah, he almost puts himself last. He tries mm. to stoke everyone else up, and once everyone else is happy, then he'll then deal with himself. Then. Uh, and whether that means he has to go in his tent and be raging on his own. <laughs> And not affect the vibe, that's what he'll do. Yeah. Um anyone else would be like, fuck everyone, this fuck is- get the camera out of my face, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. he knows he can't be like that,
0: so I've I've got a mate of mine, <clears throat> little Ed, he's a he's an ex boot ex ex marine. But he's a uh, short in stature. He's like he's like you take an action man and just shrunk him a little bit. But he is he's the nicest geezer you're ever gonna meet in your life. I mean you can't you yeah. you cannot even contemplate the fact he's killed people but you know he's just he's the most positive man you'll ever meet in your life it's like morning men at 10 and we go away on we go away on bike trips and literally six o'clock in the morning he's up he's out he does his yoga he does his pt and then he's at breakfast fair play and he's like a hundred percent right from the get-go and he just doesn't stop for the whole week By, by like day three people are like Jesus Ed, just tone Dude, it down, you know. <laughs> calm he, down. It gets everybody going though. He, you know, you keep yeah, spirits yeah. up. Yeah, You need yeah. someone like that. Yeah, definitely.
1: God, I'd love to be able to get up every day and do. But I've just started doing yoga. Have you? How did yeah, you find yeah, it? Just very recently. Um, I actually started doing it to help my enduro, help riding. Yeah. Um, I've only done two classes, and then lockdown kicked in, and the, the place I was going to is, is shut. So, um, they're in fact opening I think next week so I'll be back down there uh, it's hard though yeah hell, it's harder than I thought I thought you'd just sort of stand and do yeah. stretches
0: but come out there sweating do you know so many people have said to me you need to do yoga because I'm like a I'm like an ironing board anyway you know I even <laughs> in my, my I used to play rugby at a reasonable level and I was reasonably fit then but yeah, I still wasn't. I still was not flexible in the slightest, and obviously now, yeah. like we're talking twenty odd years ago since I've played a game of rugby, so I'm carrying way too much timber. I'm really unfit, but people are saying do some yoga and you'll, you'd be yeah. amazed at it. I'm like, I can't bend over and touch my toes, let alone can't tie my shoelaces, doing all that <laughs> malarkey. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do need. I know, I've got to do something. Jesus.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a class over here, and um, the guy that takes it, it, it he has it um all the road races and motocross riders go yeah um so there's me thinking yogas there's loads of like women that go and do it and stuff like that but there's this class and it's all the road races do the grand prix and Mm -hmm. some tt riders the motocross boys and it it helps so much just you know obviously how physical riding the bike is yeah um if you're a little bit more flexible it it helps so it's it's amazing gone
0: for it when, when you start talking about things like yoga, like yoga and like diet, you know, intermittent fasting and all this, when you start talking to geezers, other geezers about it, the amount of blokes that turn around and go, Oh, yeah, I do that. And you're like, I've geez. actually just started doing intermittent <laughs> fasting. I <Have> mean, <you? laughs>
1: two weeks ago, yeah, two yeah, yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. whatever works for you at the end of the day, but I'm I only doing all this stuff because. When I'm doing a, because I've started racing, and I'm like three minutes into a test in a plantation, and I'm absolutely knackered, Mm. and then there's lads going past me that I'm just as quick as, but I just don't have the fitness, and I'm just fed up of it really. So (laughs) that's why I'm all running up mountains and trying to shift a bit of uh, weight and get fit. So it's
0: not a bad thing, dude. Physically, mentally, uh, when when I do when I do get my ass out and either do some running, or get to a gym, which is, hasn't been for a long time now. But mm-hmm. you definitely do feel uh, better mentally. You, you know, every, everything, yeah. everything lifts, doesn't it?
1: Have you noticed that also you can get work done
0: quicker? Yeah, you kind of
1: sit at your desk with a bit of spring in your step, and you start cracking on. Definitely, it just helps everything. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: I think it must be that testosterone boost. You must get some sort of chemical boost and endorphin boost or something. Definitely,
1: and the feel good as well. The, f- yeah. the thing that oh, I've done something good there. I'm oh, I'm buzzing.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> God, I'm gonna have to get out running, innit? Bloody hell,
1: God! Find the nearest mountain and run up it. For, just just do it. Don't even train. <sighs> Man, I hate running.
0: Running I hate is as well. bollocks. I hate it.
1: Yeah. So I had my Garmin on today, oh, yeah. and I burnt just over 1,800 calories. The Bloody exact hell. same. It's a lot, yeah. I mean, but I also went out green lane a couple of weeks ago for a few hours. And I did the same amount of calories, apparently, according to my watch. Did so you? running, yeah, yeah, I did a, like a two and a half hour. I mean, we were flat out everywhere, and there's some really tough lanes um, got stuck a few times and all that, and but yeah. the end of it, I hit stop on my watch, and it's, it's, it's uh, honestly almost the same amount of calories burnt.
0: Well, I did. So, I, I went down to to southern Spain just before Christmas. I've got a mate down there that has um, uh, a bike touring and off road company, Toro Trail and, and Toro Adventure, class. and I have this thing about going off road like despite despite having ridden around the world i hate off-roading because i don't know what i'm doing do, yeah. i'm I'm shit yeah, at yeah. it and like i i did my world trip on a jigsaw so it, it was just I pa- you paddling you know i wasn't proper off-roading it was i was off-road yeah. but i just had my feet down where i you know it, mm-hmm. it was just paddle my way across and he's my mate's called linden as well and linden has been saying you know Come down. We'll go off road because I always go down and go on road on the GSs and stuff. He's like, yeah. come off road. I'll teach you how to go off road. So all right, okay, let's do it. So I went off road with him on these Husky three fifties. Okay, yeah. Hated it. Hated it. Oh really? I just, what about it? Did you hate the the lack of? Be- I, I felt so out of control.
1: Right. Yeah. Because I just didn't know. I know what, what you I
0: was- mean. Do you know? Like, I'm yeah. I'm twenty stone. I'm I'm sat. Well, not sat. I was stood. On this little 350 thing, and I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't find the right balance point for it. So I was either too far over the front, or as soon as I touched yeah. the gas, I felt like I was back here, and I just, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't stand up properly on it. I just, I didn't like it.
1: That's <laughs> just, fair enough. It's one of those. If you're not used to it, then you're not used to it.
0: But there, um, but there were, there were, there were moments when things just went right, and I thought, oh, oh, what I, a feeling! I get this. And then all of a yeah. sudden it would just be sheer terror as I saw rocks yeah. and, you know, it's just like, no! <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I, like, I go out with the lads the lads here and, and they're all way, way better than me. And I think that's why I've, I've come on a fair bit trying to keep up with them. But right. they know all of the green lanes on the Alamant and there's hundreds of them. Um, so I'm trying to keep up with them. And next minute, a hedge is just coming and a big hard left. And I've, like, rode into hedges and gone into ditches and... <laughs> They're all ahead of me, so I like dust myself off quickly. Get oh yeah, get on the bike, get on the bike, catch up with them. You're right. Oh yeah, fine, absolutely fine. <laughs> Just nearly died, but it's cool. <laughs> but you, don't, you don't need to know that. Like, so I know what you mean about the being out of control. Um, I'm slowly getting a bit more used to it, but yeah. When you see someone that knows what they're doing, it's a bit, like even when I used to when I used to film the World Enduro series yeah. and I went around all the world filming and the, and the Super Enduro, the indoor stuff. And I thought, well, yeah, that's impressive. Now that I actually do it myself, like seeing what Lyndon does through the dunes and everything Man. for 18, 16-something hours a day, I, now I can really appreciate the... Flat out. How brutal it is. Flat out. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> Fair play, boys, you know what I mean? And Fair and play. I, everyone I know that goes off-road just says, well, it's, it's easier when you go faster over sand. And I'm just like... I've heard like, that too. What I mean, what? I, can't, <laughs> I can't get over that bit in my head. Just gas it, go flat out, and you'll be okay. And it's like, yeah, but what? Then you watch like the footage that you did, where all of a sudden they just hit that really soft sand that just just grabs the the wheel.
1: <laughs> oh, next minute the bike's Oof. the bike's stuck in the grass yeah. in the sand, and you're twenty oh. yards ahead of it or whatever.
0: Yeah, Jesus, I don't know. Oh, it's
1: bra- they're brave lads, brave lads. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: It makes good viewing though. I'll tell you,
1: yeah, it does.
0: Uh, right, next question. We have. Uh, we went off d- on one there, didn't we? I don't worry about that, mate. This is what this is all about. It's just it's just conversation, cool. isn't it? See where, see yeah, where we sounds. go with it. Uh, there's another question from Damien, but I think we've already... Well, we have covered this. What was editing on the move and under what looked like serious time pressures like for the Dakar series?
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah, the Dakar was way more... I know we've talked about it. I'll, just quickly, the Dakar was way more strict. Like, mm. we basically were given a... A 15-minute uh, satellite transmission time. So they were they were sending the video edit from the truck to somewhere in France, and then from France it was being sent to uh, a guy called Greg, who was looking after all of the uploads and typing out all of the information about the videos. He was sorting all that out. But right. if you were if you were late, this group of French lads in this truck, they were sorry, you know, you're right. late, or Ooh, you know, it was stressful. But Eco Race they understood what we were trying to do mm. which was make awesome footage yeah to not only cover linden and the team but also help uh promote, promote their event which is still quite a new event i think it's six or seven years definitely um, it's been going for so it's it's growing quick it's um but we're we're, we're on the same side trying to push you know, push it through and get it in front of more people to look yeah. at um yeah. So if one day, look, God, guys, we're going to be like an hour late, it's fine, don't worry, just come at this time and we'll move some stuff around. And they were just really happy to help and they were real. They understood that it's difficult and some days shit happens and yeah. um, you'll hit shit road and you feel sick or you're tired and they, they were just, yeah, they were awesome to work with. So if, if anyone from the Eco Race is watching this. Um, they already know because we said thank you a million times, but honestly, thank you for being so awesome to work with
0: yeah and, and as a as a punter watching that it, it really does show because you, know, you you would think something like the dark would be like the main event in terms of uh, a viewing spectacle, but the, the eco yeah. race the eco race <clears> was was definitely you know a step up definitely a step up we
1: almost got the the feeling that sometimes the Dakar didn't want us doing mm. what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I feel almost like we were stepping on their toes or, because 2018, um, I know last year they stepped it up big time and their, um, their social media presence was, there was a lot more, and bounds, yeah. more improved. You know, they were all over the Instagram stories mm. and there was media constantly. But when we did it, our viewing figures were almost, in fact, I think some days they were more <laughs> wow. on YouTube. So I don't, I, I just, maybe, I don't know, but maybe they weren't happy with that or they were getting annoyed. I don't, I don't know, but the, the Eco Race were completely the opposite. Yeah, well, that's um, cool, that's just, cool. But they were just buzzing, buzzing to have us there, so. Yeah,
0: nice. Right, Stuart Bailey. If a motorcycle has a soul, which bikes will go to heaven and which to hell? And what characteristics would be considered as sins? Bloody hell. Fuck. Now we need something um, more. I think we need something stronger than beer for most of these questions. They get, know, they get quite deep, obscure, that. don't they? Yeah. That's deep.
1: So, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I'm definitely more of a car guy. Um, I've only just come to bikes recently. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not biased enough towards any right. brands or yeah. anything. I've got, a, I've, I started with a KTM, a 2001 KTM 252 stroke that had been pulled out from the sea and I bought it for 700 quid. <laughs> And it started, and that was enough for me. And I learned what on that a KTM started I, first time actually. And it was cold as well. My Andy, Andy, who I, one of my best mates who I work with, he came and he was all like touching the, the pipe. Oh, it's cold! Yeah, start it, start straight away. He was like, Buy it. Wow, right now, buy it. Um, so I did my time on that, and I've now got a 2018 factory 300 Sherco two stroke. Yeah, look at which you. I, I love, Do you. I know, factory, full <laughs> factory boy. Um, they're, they're the only two bikes that I that I know. Um, so I don't know if I can answer that, really. Um, my okay dad's then. got a Harley-Davidson V-Rod. Oh, I know yeah. some people don't like Harleys, but I see how my dad is when he rides that bike, and he yep. loves it. Yeah. Um, he wants an MV Augusta. Does he? But he'll admit he, he wants one. He'll never get one. He's the first person to say, if I get one, I will kill myself. <laughs> Hence why he's got the V-Rod. Um, I like the old Ducatis. Um, there's there's not a bike out there that I could say that I don't like because I don't really know enough. If you know what I mean, does that make sense?
0: No, I no, I get you. I get you. How do
1: you how do you feel about that question? You probably answer that better than me, definitely.
0: Well, I will tell you, I'll, I'll give you my answer in terms of bikes, then, and then we'll go to you on cars, I'm seeing as cars are your your, okay. your thing. Sweet, right? Yeah. Motorcycle has a soul. Which bikes will go to heaven? Right. So who are the goody two shoes of bikes? I've got to admit, I. I haven't tested in that many, but out of the ones I have, I took out the Triumph Tiger 1200. I took that to the Pyrenees um, last year. If you've not seen the series, there'll be a link somewhere here. Uh, <laughs> and I've got to admit, that to me felt, you can spank it. You know, it's got it's got a little bit of a bad boy side, but it's definitely more of the school prefect than it is... Being behind the bike sheds having a fight, the naughty you boy. Know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I would put I would put the Tiger twelve hundred, that's going to heaven. I would say, um, what else have I ridden? That's a bit. Now, would, uh, people think I'm insane here. I test rode a two thousand and seventeen or two thousand and eighteen BMW S thousand XR. Now it's yeah. a rock. It's a rocket ship. Yeah. But It just felt. Me, it just—it felt soulless. It didn't gel with you. Nah, yeah. nah, and and I know it's it's nuts to say that that's going to go to heaven, but it just didn't it didn't feel like it was a bad boy. It just felt like it's it's you know it's it's the college athlete that's going go to go at the Olympics, but it will do sure nothing. Yeah. But top button done Yeah, off. yeah, yeah. Blazer yeah. with the tie on. It'll do nothing wrong. Yeah. And I know I know, yeah. it can do stuff, but when I rode it, it didn't make me feel like that. So yeah. I put those two to heaven. Hell, good God. At the moment, the video that comes <laughs> out tomorrow, actually, I've got the 2020 1290 Super Duke R, the KTM Super Duke R.
1: Oh, is it? Okay.
0: Fuck me sideways. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'm in love. I'm I'm totally yeah. in love. God, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm seriously considering Instant. instantly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Was it one of those? I,
0: I got on it, and before I picked it up at KTM UK, which is up near Silverstone, and by the time I came out the the industrial complex and got to the roundabout, I hit the throttle, and it was pretty much just like, yeah, okay, this is it. Where do I sign? It's crazy. Just the power delivery,
1: or it's, just how it felt.
0: It 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 has power from one rev to 10,000 revs it's just got power okay. everywhere and it pulls like a it. train it it makes yeah, you awesome. you know I'm I, I don't know if you know any of my history I I used to be old bill I ended up resigning yeah, no, from I the I old know bill that, yeah. And there was uh-huh. there was a a complaint about speed and all this sort of stuff through my videos. So I, I still try in my videos. I, I do try now not to be a dickhead. You know, I try to keep the speed down. And you got fly. Yeah. You got fly the flag, haven't you? So sure. So sure. when I'm when I was filming, I was doing. My, I was sticking to my thirties and my forties and doing my best to just. But even at thirty mm-hmm. and forty mile an hour, this bike made me feel. Makes me feel like I'm. 18 years of age. Wow, it's awesome. Oh, that's cool. I loved it. Yeah, that's interesting. Absolutely loved it. So that's definitely coming to hell with me. And um,
1: yeah. I like how you know you're going to hell. Oh God, yeah. coming with you. Oh God, yeah. I'll see you there.
0: <laughs> I'll be there. I'll see you at the bar. I'll get the first round. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And people are going to look at me and go? Oh, I would take a GS. I would take a GS to hell. Hey, man, it's your opinion. I, I, I don't know,
1: do you know what I mean? So tell me why you take a GS.
0: Because that bike, that bike will do everything. Everything. Yeah. If you want to trundle down to Starbucks calf in your BMW suit with your panniers and look like you're going to go in long way around it around the world, but you're just going to the calf yeah. and back. If you want to do that, the bike will take you there in perfect comfort. If Plus. you want to go to Donington... And give it some. Maybe not Donington. That's a really fast circuit. If you want to go to Brands yeah. Indy circuit, nice and tight, you can go uh-huh. to Brands Indy on a GS, and you can mix it with with the other riders there. Maybe not in a fast group, but certainly in the novice yeah. and media and intermediate. You can that thing will do. It'll do well on the track. If you want to go and do some green laning, you can. If you know what you're doing, you can do it. Yeah, sure. And I've I have. <laughs> hey. I have s <laughs> st- I have strapped a suitcase to the back of the bike and ridden, you know, somewhere with a suitcase on the back. It'll do it. Mm-hmm. No problem at all. Yeah, sure. You can do a thousand miles on it in a day if you want to. And it'll keep you fairly comfortable. It, it just it just does absolutely everything. But it's also got the new one, the twelve fifty, it's just got that sort of devil side to it. So if you do want to mix mm-hmm. it, it will it'll make a good attempt at it better play so i'll take the so gs you,
1: so you, you've uh you've sent a bike down graham hill ben at brands have you
0: well i've, I've not i've not crashed there yet but no as in like you've gone you've oh, raced god, yeah. down it oh, oh, so well, what I,
1: the hell's that like then like i've I filmed british touring cars there a few times yeah and i've stood on it and it's the whole thing on tv god that looks steep and then you stand on it and it's Bloody steep paddock,
0: like. paddock, hill off the start finish line. Oh yeah, it, yeah. Sorry, down.
1: paddock hill. I said Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paddock hill. Sorry.
0: Yeah, it's mental. It's awesome. It's one of those. It's one of those bends that you just have to go for. You've got to get the right line and just go for it. And it's yeah. it's awesome. I mean, I'm I am nowhere. I am not fast. I mean, I will I will go to a track day, and if you put me in the intermediates, I'll probably get lapped within a lap or two. I'll be getting lapped by people. But yeah. it's one of those. Those bends where you just have to pick the the line, keep the power on, and and just go for it. And if you do is it, it, a
1: big big grin on your like. Oh, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. see, you see the people who, they committed, they committed, they committed. Holy shit! And the amount of people that just go wide, let off, s- yeah, yeah, straight into the yeah, sand. Can... Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> but no, Brands Brands is just up the road for me. It's it's like twenty minutes for me. Yeah, so yeah. I, I should I've go there, there a lot of times. more.
1: Have you? Yeah when I worked at Greenlight, they looked after yeah. the British touring cars. So gotcha. I was like, like a pig in shit when they sent me to those jobs. I loved mm. it. F- pass all around. The- I could go wherever I want. To talk <sighs> to all the drivers. It was. I, was, I loved it. Mint. Yeah. So going in
0: cars. Which ones are going cars, to heaven? So, Which ones are going to hell?
1: Um. So I'm a, a big BMW fan. I've got an E30, 1990 E3325i. Right. Um. And it's mint. I love it. Um, I actually managed to sneak it into my wedding vows (laughs) in the vows so yeah we'll stay together forever as long as you don't make me sell my BMW (laughs) 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 genuinely I'm I'm not joking Um, so I I love that car Um, I'm definitely a fan of the 80s and 90s the boxy um, shape one brand that I'm not keen on is Hondas alright just not for me okay um, So all Hondas can go to heaven. The <laughs> forty VTEC, you know the noise that they make. Yeah. Um, Anything German, anything Japanese is all good with me as long as it's younger than 2005. I'd say. All right. Yeah. So cause I could go on for, forever, but that's that's where I'm at. 1980 or 70 to 2005. I feel like that's when cars stopped looking nice.
0: All right. Okay. Why well, is that yeah. then? What 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 was it? What is it Don't about know. these newer ones? They, they've all just gone. um...
1: All the modern cars are all very bubbly and round and big and I know it's obviously a lot safer but I can't I just can't see past the old boxy the old Fords yeah um just the body lines I don't know why I've just always been a fan always been a massive fan of that era yeah. um so yeah that's that
0: Right, we right we're gonna have some, we're gonna have a giggle in hell then
1: yeah sweet definitely what would you drink in hell then I like. like... If you could rock up and there was a drink on the bar for you, what would that be?
0: Oh, wow. So we're talking about... <clears throat> okay. Uh, see, for me, drinking drinking's in two parts. There's the start of the night, and then there's the end of the night. So... Oh, sure, yeah. to, to start off an evening, it would be... I, I genuinely do like this stuff. Just, I genuinely yeah. do like it. Um, these sort of uh, IPAs, Brewdog IPAs. I, I like IPA. I like... Um, I quite like some stouts as well, you know. I like I'll, I'll drink you? a Guinness, yeah. I'll I'll drink like a Guinness. Well, I
1: like Guinness definitely. I think that some of them are a bit heavy for me, but then I'll have one and and it's nice. It yeah. depends on the mood for me with stouts, but absolutely, yeah. Um, um, I'm definitely a beer, bitter IPA kind of guy. In um, Spain, look, sorry, go on. Yeah, I just I was going to say I love me whiskey as well. That's that's and that's gin, later on. Gin, in the night, brandy. Yeah. There's not much I wouldn't actually. To be fair. <laughs> quite easily pleased me.
0: <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, I was going to say in Spain they do these lemon beers. I can't remember what they're called now. All right, um, they're awesome. It's basically lager. It's almost, it's more or less almost like a shandy, but it's it's booze, like good a lot yeah. of booze in it. Um, so they do them, and when, when you for for us, like you finish a day riding on the bike and just that first Refreshing. beer, oh man, you, yeah, you, you have one of those yeah, lemon yeah. beers. But the thing is, you can have about ten. And they just go That's down. Cool they just go down like pop. Um, yeah,
1: for me, like a shandy's nice at a barbecue on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Because you can have a few of them, can't you? But they're That's not right. going to wreck you for Monday. So <laughs> I'm with you on that one.
0: You wait. You wait till you get towards forty. Oh, mate. Honestly, you will, yeah. I I I used to in my younger days, like end of teens, all through uni. I, I went to uni and stuff, and I would say from about eighteen to my mid twenties. Maybe even late twenties into my thirties, I drank a, I did drink a lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, when I started in the old bill, at mid twenties, th- it's not so much now, but there used to be a really big social drinking culture there. So, mm-hmm. you'd finish, you know, you'd finish, you'd finish night duties, you, your week of nights, and then you'd have a week off. So, <laughs> as soon as you finish nights, it would be straight to the early house. On every borough yeah. had had a pub, somewhere where you could get a beer. So it's out. like
1: on telly where where there's a a bar where
0: all the cops go. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it's not, it's not a cop bar. We didn't, we yeah, didn't have that's that. Just where it. Went. Yeah, but it's, it's like where the yeah. market stall people went or the builders went sure. or, you know, yeah. people that are up early hours of the morning and they're done, the work by six, seven o'clock. So the, the pubs are yeah, open yeah. and you can go in there and have a few beers. And, but yeah. that
1: was your place where you went?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We used yeah. to go up Borough yeah. Market up in, um, uh, in Southwark in London. That used to be our one. Awesome. Um, but I found, as I got sort of into my late thirties, a hangover, a hangover would go from being a day to like four or five days. It would just oh, yeah, crucify yeah. me. Yeah,
1: so, and then you feel bad because of the yeah. time you've lost, what you could have been doing. Yeah, you you're in bed or you're whinging around with a headache.
0: Yeah. Oh man, yeah. And I've, it's I've got... slowly
1: starting to get me. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come. It'll come. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned whiskey. Whiskey's Whiskey's my thing now, um, I would say. As yeah. the evening progresses, move on to the whiskeys, get the cigars out. Yes, love it. Nice. Awesome. Nice yeah, malt Yeah, worse me. Uh, malt whiskey. <laughs> love it. Uh, okay, so that's heaven and hell. Job done. Yeah. Next one, Dave Pighills. Bruce, my question for you both would be, is the age of the full-dress touring motorcycle over? With the exception of BMW R&K models and Honda Goldwing, full-dress tourers are either discontinued or remain underdeveloped after many years, uh, like the Pan-European, Yamaha, FJR, etc. Will future tourers be adventure bike-based? Oh, Cool. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's like anything. Stuff's just... Technology's developing. Things are getting smaller, more compact. Mm. People are realising that you can use stuff for other things, again i mean I, i've not got much experience in that sort of field but i from an outsider looking in i can see that you can probably do the same thing on a, on a newer bike mm. um easier have more fun it's I, but then I, I suppose there's always going to be the, the guys out there that want to still do it the old way if you know what yeah. i mean so yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: um I, I don't know what do you think i think <clears throat> there's a couple of parts to this and that I think a lot of the a lot of the people who who grew up onto sports bikes, you, you know, the, I would say the majority of the biking community out there is fairly long in the tooth these days. They're in their mid thirties yeah. up to the 50s, sixties, maybe even seventies mm-hmm. or, or more now. So those people that were riding sports bikes in the eighties and nineties, and, and even in the nineties, you know, we're now twenty years on from then. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and people are finding that they don't want to be cramped up in a sports bike, even on a a big tourer like that. Some people want, yeah, they want a new bike, and and the new adventure bikes in particular, you know, the likes of the GSs and the Triumphs and the Ducati Multistradas, the KTM's, all these things, these big yeah. adventure bikes give you more performance than, like those bikes do from ten fifteen year old technology, yeah, for sure. But they do it probably even more in a more comfortable riding position than they do. And efficient. And yeah, yeah. yeah, and they've got all the gizmos, you know, that they're, they're, yeah, as you said, they're, they're more fuel economic. They've got ABS, traction control, anti-wheelie. They'll have Bluetooth systems built in there. Some of them even have, like, speakers on them, you know, entertainment systems. Oh, nice. Heated seats, heated grips. I
1: was about to say they have heated seats. Yeah, yeah. But a lumbar lot- massager.
0: Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them have have uh, heated seats. Yeah, I don't know if they do. Yeah. The, the maybe the Goldwing, the new Goldwing, might. Yeah. I mean, it's like thirty-five grand or something ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah. But fair um, play. You know, I, th- I think the modern bikes now are uh, they they just offer a lot more and in more comfort and every bit is quick. So.
1: Yeah. And I suppose like the, the more newer bikes, you'll you'll get a bike that can do it's a Swiss Army tool almost. It can do Absolutely. a bit more of everything, as opposed to being yeah. a specific thing to do. Uh, you
0: know, one type of riding. That's a, like your um, BMW R1250GS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people. Some people love that. Other people hate it. The comments <laughs> I get about being a GS fanboy. Um, yeah. So, uh, but as you said, there will always be. There will always be a group of people that prefer the old stuff,
1: love it the old way. So and they'll, they'll always have that, and I they? love that. Yeah, love in anything. I think it's so important to have that because mm. that's what keeps the vintage, yeah, uh, vintage. You know, the older and the vintage scenes alive. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, definitely. And also, it's something a bit cooler about it as well, because it's a bit tougher and it's not as easy, but. They're going,
0: fuck it, I'm doing it anyway. I yeah, think exactly. That's, I think that's rad. Yeah, yeah, I get that, I get that. Yeah. Totally. Right, um, we shall move across onto Instagram. So what do we have here? Now, I always make a point, Dario, not, of not reading the questions beforehand. So okay, the, so
1: we're going in blind. Yeah,
0: this is as much a surprise to me as it is to you with a lot of these. Cool. So uh, all right, sweet. What do we have here? Uh, right, Tiny Cerulo on Insta what is the biggest difficulty when filming the Dakar rally? The Dakar. Okay,
1: so, again, I'd sort of touched on it earlier, but the restrictions, um, areas you can't go to. Um, At the start, sometimes you'd be lucky and your bivouac and the camp and where you were sleeping would be near the start of the stage. But you can get to a certain point and you get a big hand, like, well, Mm. can't go any further. And I don't have lens to film Lyndon way over that hill and get him setting off so i'm like Mm. come on guys why can't i fucking go up by the start what what's going to happen you know um stuff like that made it really difficult um in terms of the actual covering the event it's exactly the same as eco race wake up travel uh, wake up film travel for hours in the day get to the next camp get your camera back out film edit so they're both very similar just Dakar being very difficult to work with. Mm. Um, that's what I'd say is the hardest thing.
0: Did you do like all the drone footage and stuff? Well, obviously in, in the Eco Race, there was quite a bit of drone footage in that. Is that from you or supplied Again, by them?
1: Yeah, that, um, so I have a Mavic Air. Mm-hmm. Um, they're super easy. Yeah. Um, Eco Race were like, you can literally chuck that up whenever you want, just oh. so you know. I mean, they had three they had a medical helicopter and two media choppers um they let us know when they or let us, They told us when they were going to be taken off so in the morning get the sunset. boom fly it yeah. up get a load of nice shots um aerials of the bivouac which Beautiful. you can't beat you can't beat seeing stuff like that from above nah. um i mean at dakar it would be even more amazing because of the sheer size and you know they're like little festivals every yeah, time yeah, yeah. Um, but there was no chance you were getting permission for that. But um, we did all the drone footage, yeah. Um, Morocco, there's a couple of tricky points. Um, yeah, to, they're, like, they're a bit... I had a bit flutter my eyelashes drawings. at someone at one point. Well, I didn't realise. We drove past this one bit, and there was a real nice cliff that you could see down into the sea, and I was like, shit, we need to stop, get out, and get a shot of this. It's stunning. Yeah. And I, we pulled over, boom, drone out. Props out, battery in, five minutes, it was up in the air and a car pulled up behind uh, two guys from the Moroccan army. Yep. Um, you got a drone, bring it back now. Like, oh, shit. Flew it back, completely just pled innocence, you know, which in fairness, you know, oh, sorry, we're doing this event, you know, I just thought we'd film the cliffs and mm-hmm. it looked really nice and, um, do you know it's illegal? We could put you in jail. It was like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm really sorry. Um, like, there and then, he was like, delete the clip. So I pulled it up, deleted deleted a clip, not yeah. all of them. Though, so I still got, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was a bit naughty, but um, so I deleted the the takeoff clip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were ruthless. And there was a couple of places in Morocco where they were like, actually, probably don't fly your drone here. Everywhere else, fair game.
0: Yeah.
1: Morocco's yeah. stunning,
0: isn't it? What a country. Oh, my God. I love Morocco. I need Morocco. to go back.
1: need to go back.
0: Did you um, find... I'd love to go back. I go on? I just, I'd like to
1: go there and ride, I know they do a lot oh. of training I'd love to just go and I'd go there for a week or something Yeah. Maybe with Lyndon if he wants to take me <laughs> um, Go and film him, maybe bring a few bikes But I, I do want to go back definitely Because when you're on an event, you, you don't get that much time to take anything in It's very much work, 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 film, everything, next next day, next day And before you know it, you're back home So yeah. um, I'd like to go back The food was tremendous It is, isn't it? Uh, the scenery was stunning Yeah, the people were really friendly yeah, so I want to go back, definitely.
0: I've I found it I've I've been back there since my own trip, I've been back a couple of times with my mate Lyndon that does the Toro stuff down in Southern oh, yeah. Spain. Southern Spain yeah. They also do off road and road tours in Morocco. So um I did the the initial sort of recce ride with, with him and a couple of other close mates. And um, we did like a, a ten day just balls to the wall, go for it, woohoo, pioneer, oh, let's see what it's like. Um, yeah, yeah. We did that and then I took a, a tour party out there the following year. And I loved it. And it and it's great mm-hmm. to see it's great to see other people's faces, you know, people that have never done overlanding before, they've never been out mm-hmm. of like the first world. You Morocco is just that first little tiptoe in it, into into the big world yeah. out there, the real big for world sure. out there. And to yeah. see their faces, even just at the the border, uh, like uh, we, we went from the Spanish enclave, you know, Thueta. There's... So
1: how did you? So how did you get on on a ferry?
0: Yeah, we we took the fast ferry across from. Um, oh God, I've forgotten the name of it. I'll just say it's about twenty-five minutes, thirty minutes. You, what really? Yeah, there, there's a fast we ferry. Were, we
1: were on a fast. It must be fast then, because we we got the ferry from. We drove from uh, Monaco over to the very top of Italy to, I um, oh, can't remember the name of the port, begins with an We were two and a half days on a ferry mm. getting down to Morocco. Yeah, yeah, there's... Um, it was... From Spain. It just took forever, yeah. From, from, s- s- from Spain. Like 25 minutes.
0: Yeah, there's two routes you can do from Spain. One goes from Algeciras to a Spanish enclave a little peninsula of Morocco which is called Thhueta and that is about yeah. twenty five thirty twenty five to thirty five minutes fast crossing straight that across. Sounds nice, that. So you, yeah. you land, you're not in a border, you're you're in Spain still. And then it's a land oh, right. It's an actual proper land border crossing into Morocco. The other one is it's about a three and a half hour roll on, roll off ferry, just like you get at Dover at Calais. Um mm-hmm. So you do that, and that one's about three hours, three and a half hours, and that goes to, is it Tangier? I think it's Tangiers. Tangier, and then,
1: yeah, that's where we that's where we arrived. Yeah, yeah Tangier. So it's,
0: that's a very modern, a very modern port border point, that mm-hmm. isn't it? Oh was, yeah, it was spot on. Yeah, yeah. That one's that one's probably much more civilised. But the the wetter mm-hmm. one is proper fixers running everywhere, mayhem, mopeds going about. But class, I, I love that sort of stuff. I hated yeah. it when I didn't know what was going on, but now now you get used to it. It's like oh, I like this. This is this is overland travel, yeah. and to see yeah, yeah. people's faces when we get to that, they're just like
1: fucking hell, what is this? You know, mm, Where have we arrived?
0: Yeah, and then you get through that and sort of the, the further south you go into Morocco and we always stop, you always stop local, you know, you always stop at roadside cafes and, and mm-hmm. eat there because you, you get more for your yeah. money and it's the whole local experience. Yeah, I, of course. I've said it time and time again, Moroccans, they look like pantomime villains, don't they? They look like they're going to stab you and kill you. <laughs> But they're the nicest people in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you know, couldn't like, have put that any better to be honest. But
0: like nothing is too much bother for them. They will they will yeah. do anything for you. It's a dry mm-hmm. country, but they'll they'll always find beer for you and they'll come back with There's beer if you want to find it, it's there. <laughs> do you know what I loved about Morocco? It's a dry country. It's a Muslim country, yeah. dry country. But they have a Moroccan lager.
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: <laughs> You're like, what? You've got your own that. beer. As if I didn't realise. <laughs> yeah they do, yeah, yeah. So
1: did you did you go into Mauritania? At all,
0: yeah. On my on my world trip, I did. Yeah, I right. didn't. I didn't have a good time. How
1: different? How, I was, well, so this is what I was about to say. How different were you know considering their neighboring, you know, like countries? It um, was, oh God. We went from Morocco to like like you say, pulling over at the side of roads, people happy, smiling, take photos, videos. Yeah. Everything's very nice. We get to Morocco and there's bloody kids pelting rocks at our cars and yeah we um, we having to drive through junctions because it just did not feel safe. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe how going over a border mm. made that much difference. Um yeah. there's a few times in Mauritania like where we we were really scared.
0: Yeah. Genuinely. Did you well you must have crossed at the same border checkpoint I did where you end up you go down like a sand track with these burnt out concrete buildings at the side of you and then the the, yeah. the track splits? So there's two options left and right track, uh-huh. and it just disappears into the desert, and you have to wait. So,
1: is this like a no man's land where yeah. there's just burnt out cars yeah. and bloody. Yeah, Rub, like rubbish everywhere. Yeah, looks like something on another. Pla- yeah, we well, I mean, I hope there's not other places like that. But we went through somewhere that looked like that.
0: That's it. I said, I um, took, I took the right fork because they were they were trying to get me to pay them money and they'd guide me because they, they kept telling me that's it's mined, It's a minefield. There's there's a track. Stay on the track. It's a minefield. And I was like, well, I'll be yeah. all right. I'll be okay because it's a track. Yeah. I'm I'm on a track, and I thought that'll be all right. So I, sure. I sort of shooed them off. And then, as I left them and went off into the desert, the tracks split in two, and oh my God. I couldn't see anything. No signs. The, no, and I couldn't see anything so. on the horizon. It was just like a, a gradual dune in front of me with mm-hmm. just stuff everywhere, and um, just shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Could burnt be really, out cars Really nice, and...
1: but fucking shit everywhere. Like yeah,
0: and there were bits. There were like just. I just remember them. There was just like it just looked weird, like. Stuff at the side of these tracks, next to these like burnt out cars and vehicles, and I took the right Mm. fork. And further down the 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 road, you know, I I sort of, I just thought, shit, this has got to be the wrong place because I'm in the middle of the desert now, in a leather suit on a jigsaw. This is this is crazy, and it sort of dawned (laughs) on me that these bits were like bit of camel, like just rotting bits of camel and stuff. I was like, "Oh, Arcuses. fucking hell, That's that's ringing. Oh, so I thought, right, I'll I'll cross over the middle here and, and pick up that other track.
1: Turn up the other one, yeah.
0: So I started doing that, and then I've still got my helmet on, paddling my way across the sand, and I could just hear this noise on the wind, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So I sort of turned round, and there's all these <laughs> local lads from the border checkpoint. We're all waving like this. And they were screaming, so I took my helmet off, and then I heard them. They were like, "Mines, mines, mines!" It's like mines. Oh I Oh my like,
1: god, you're joking!
0: Fuck, I'm in a minefield. He just sent it into a minefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were, like, they were like this. You know, stop. So I stopped, and then I had to—I can't remember how much to pay them. I had to pay them some money, and they basically, yeah, of course, you know, follow me. It might not have been a minefield, but they got money out of me. Yeah. And then they Either got me way. onto this track, and then I followed them to where the police checkpoint was. Mm-hmm. Got through that, I had to pay them money to get through that. And then um, I'd met up with this old, uh, older South African gent by that point who was riding a, a sidecar down to Cape Town. So we, we, we headed off and then we got picked up by like three big Toyota Land Cruisers that were all yeah. like the geezers in it were all hijabbed up, were rifles and everything. And it's like,
1: oh, proper. Y- yeah, you there's know, there's nothing more terrifying.
0: Yeah, if you Google terrorist, that's what they look like. <laughs>
1: And it was like you said it, man.
0: <laughs> oh fuck! And and this was 2012, and it's right at the time right. when um, do you know Boko Haram, the the they're the the Muslim fundamentalist lot that they exploded out of Central Africa and kidnapped all those Nigerian schoolgirls. Do you remember that?
1: And I, I remember it, the Nigerian schoolgirls. I don't remember them being called that, but yeah. So
0: they, I think it was Boko Haram. Shit. But anyway, they they, they basically yeah, yeah. exploded out of Central Africa and. Just before I crossed into Mauritania, they'd sacked Mali. They took over Mali, Timbuktu and everything, and they'd come across into Mauritania. So the, mm-hmm. the Mauritanian government, to try and combat that, flooded the two roads in Mauritania with police and army checkpoints. Right. So I'm listening to all this on the news before, like literally the night before I crossed in. And before like, you go, what am oh I doing? My god. And then as soon as I got through the sort of official checkpoint, I'm in in Mauritania. These three, these three blooming truckloads of terrorists turn up, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna get beheaded. So um, they started following us, and um, you know, you get it's like it's like a cartoon. We started getting faster and faster, and they were behind us and behind us. We ended up into. Uh, uh, Nwadibu, which was the closest town to where we were and right. um, I'd, I'd already I'd already sort of booked an overland um, I'm saying a campsite, it's basically it's a mechanics yard where you can pitch your tent in it so Perfect. it's what other overlanders have, had used and recommended so, okay, so
1: you knew that it was decent?
0: Yeah, I had that yeah. in my sat-nav and I was just following that but by the time we right. got into this town we were, like you said, we were gunning it like straight over junctions over mm-hmm. roundabout, not stopping for anyone. These guys were chasing no. us by this point, point. and um, I just remember kind of going around the corner, and there was this this big Arab guy in his big long coat, and he's, he's standing there like this and going like that, like air traffic control. So I just yeah. I just followed him. Went sh- it was it was where the sat nav said this place was. So I thought that must be him. Just went straight in, and he slammed the gate behind us, and he was just like that, you know we could hear the oh, truck you're safe yeah we heard the trucks go by oh, and it... fuck so they were genuinely yeah he, he vent- said he oh, said bad man very very
1: bad man and he's like Shh. <laughs> see we didn't have i mean there was no worries like that because obviously this was in a, a big event and there was hundreds of vehicles competitors organization yeah. and we were in a, in a train almost and when we got to these border crossings there was queues of people and it that made us feel safe but um on the ferry over there chatting to someone he's like oh I know someone uh in fact it was Joey Evans oh from yeah, yeah, the yeah team uh-huh. he was saying he heard a story of a I think he was another fellow South African who um went down on an adventure bike was riding from Morocco all the way down to South Africa went through Mauritania stopped over somewhere there was four, bumped into three other people and the four of them got taken hostage uh, mm. One ran off, got killed oh, um, the other three of them were in I think this guy ended up being in um in their like prison for like seven years oh my god and he ended up he ended up taking up the Quran, uh got into their religion Shh. almost uh, and then he, he he was released in seven years I, I'm, I, do you know what i 'm probably wrong it might have even been nine oh my it was god. a shocking amount of time, and he got free and got back home um but I mean <laughs> j- just to, to cap that little chat off Mauritania was not very pretty yeah. and felt safe, uh, unsafe That's um, exactly how I would um, a lot describe of the time. it Yeah
0: just Yeah so well, I, I got I got taken Did you use the border Rosso into Senegal It's right, right down in the southeast Ooh. of Mauritania Do You know what
1: I I actually can't, I, I I'd have to check um I can't remember the name you, you get on a wee
0: boat and chug across the river into no, the next we didn't.
1: One. We didn't do any boats or anything. Right. No. Yeah. Um, by the time we got down near Senegal, it was very nice then.
0: You um, might, you might have done a, the. Sorry to interrupt. Did you do a whole load of like off road to get to the border, or was there a, a, a whole, road, a track? The whole
1: place was the whole place. The, yeah, the all very off road. It was like being on the moon or something.
0: Yeah, you you um, you probably did the southern border then, which is the that's the one right. to go for. That's that's a lot right. nicer than I'm Ross- sure
1: that's why the the organization took us that way yeah uh, but north mauritania compared to the bottom yeah completely different
0: yeah and so. then senegal's amazing isn't it like
1: oh man it was like god it was like being in a different world yeah. Every- everything's colourful yeah. everyone's all the houses painted bright colors. Yeah. Everyone's wearing like football shirts and they're all buzzing, clapping, yeah. like waving. Yeah. Uh, it was a shame that we were only there for like three days. I think the majority of the trip was Morocco, and Mauritania, mm. and we got to Senegal and we were like, "Why are we only here for a few days? This is awesome!" Yeah. The only bad thing was they were just trying to sell you stuff all the time, all the time. But yeah. they got you, hustle. They polite enough and say exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? If, if you're just polite and say, I, I, you know, no, thank you, then yeah. they'd, they'd leave. Yeah. Um but God, I loved it down there i really did
0: i was I was so gutted that I'm, I, I i'm not ashamed to say it, but Mauritania broke me it broke me mentally it, it really did, and physically you know I nearly died yeah. like twice <laughs> crossing mauritania so um by the yeah. time I got to dakar i was I was done I was just Thankfully, fried yeah. and um yeah. I really do regret i regret like I said, I hate to have regrets, but I do regret making a decision to stop and because I came back to London, had a bit of time to regroup and then went again. And I do it's it's just a little it's it's a thing, it's a grudge for me where I think yeah. why didn't you just see it off and get all the way back down to South Africa uh, and, you know
1: it's only natural to have regrets in life. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not the the aim of the game but it happens. Um because
0: yeah. like Senegal's the start of in my mind it's like the start of proper Africa. You know it's it's the yeah, start yeah. Like Black 100%. Africa, you've got the jungle just south of it, and it's like, oh,
1: we're getting there. Like the whole thing in your head when you imagine riding yeah. through Africa, I, I agree, that's where it starts. That's why we were we were sad that we only got a few days of it because the footage we got were, was incredible. I um, there was a lot of times going through Mauritania, we're tired, we're driving through these hills, all these rocks, and then all of a sudden you'd see a family and a goat in the middle of this rock field and yeah. you're like it's absolutely freezing cold you've got four kids yeah. a, you know a father and mother how on earth are you guys surviving and yeah. it just got us really sad mm. um a lot of the days we'd be like we got given each morning it was the same food every day a bag full of uh crackers raisins nuts uh, biscuits all this stuff and we were handing that stuff out because yeah. we just didn't need it um but there was some heartbreaking moments where you could see that life is just brutally like a struggle for these people. Absolutely. Um, And then you go through a built-up area and they're pelting rocks at you. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was that. It's Um, interesting
0: you say that because I I had a similar experience in in Mauritania. Like I said, mm -hmm. I buddied up with this older boy who was on his, he was like on an old Russian Ural sidecar, motorcycle and sidecar. And sometimes if he was in front of me, We'd go we'd be going down the road, and, and it was like the things you see on the documentaries, the kids would come out from, you know, just people yeah, arrived, And yeah. they were running alongside and waving, and, you know, hey. uh-huh. So he'd go through, then I'd come by, and they'd, they would literally turn around and take their shoes off and throw the shoes at me, and like, like you said, throwing rocks. The first guy didn't stop, and they just, they
1: expect, mm. ah. you know, you to give them stuff. They expect you you go through they expect you to give them stuff. Is that what it and is? At the beginning I think so that's what we sort of came to the conclusion of because at hmm. the beginning we were, we were handing stuff out and then next minute we're a few cars behind a, a train of cars that have gone through the town and then next minute the first car's not stopped and given them a gift. Yeah. And then next minute they're grabbing shit that they can net by their feet and throwing at the car and nearly putting the windows through so What Um yeah. It was it was incredibly interesting all the time, like we didn't sleep much in the car through Mauritania, because hmm. um, you just couldn't. It was just eye-opening, shocking, all everything, all all at one time.
0: Yeah, so. it's weird that because I've I've I know other people like there's a there's a lassie called um, Steph Steph Jevin. she's a Welsh lass and and she set off. She was a couple of weeks behind me on my first attempt. And mm-hmm. she came through Mauritania a few weeks after me, and she had the time of her life. She had a great time. She like she's Wicked. the polar opposite of our experiences, is what she had. Right, loved right. it. And I do know quite a lo- quite a few other people that loved Mauritania. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, But for me, it was just like I can't think of a single redeeming feature about the place. <laughs>
1: it was just um, every every time you got over uh, a crest or you got to a point in the horizon that you've been seeing coming and then it's just more of the same these like uh power lines and yeah. um like burnt out cars and oh yeah it's just uh it was a lot of the same stuff really um it's weird that you did it but, all like off-road. I enjoyed I I enjoyed it as well like yeah. it was it was just uh for me I've been all over the world with work and like literally every corner of the world and that was the most um I'd say the most third world place I've ever been by a long way yeah yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you on that, definitely. So, where's your top yeah. place then of all the places you've been? Um, so I, um, again,
1: at Greenlight, I did um, Porsche Carrera Cup Asia, and when I left Greenlight to go self-employed, I said to them that I'm leaving you guys as in a full-time employee, but I still want to freelance. Mm-hmm. Um, work, you know, I still want to help you out. I still want to work with you. I just can't, I can't be full-time because it's so much travelling. And I, you know, my family boy. My mum and dad are thirty seconds up the way. Yeah. Um, my wife, Megan and her parents, a minute the other way. All my family are in Onken and Douglas, the two towns where I live. Um, so they gave me Porsche A Cup to look after, and that's all out in Asia. So Thailand, um, Singapore, nice, uh, Japan, Mount Fuji, oh. uh, Shanghai. Like honestly, the people out there. I'd say particularly in Thailand incredibly kind mm. very just polite and very enjoyable people to be around yeah um, yeah I loved it all the, the food the culture everything was just mega so if I ever got a job out there I was genuinely excited to go mm-hmm. um, I've been down to Mexico and um, filming Super Enduro the indoor yeah. stuff and I got a, uh, a personal bodyguard to take me around the town because where we were filming in Guadalajara uh huh If you have tattoos, you're either a celebrity or really rich, or you're a in the drug cartel. Um, So I had a bodyguard to take me around this uh, this this, the main square. I was just filming like you know water fountains and you know welcome to Mexico for the round seven of whatever. So I'm just filming generic stuff and I had like an escort. Um, And again, after a week after that was Brazil. It was kind of similar down there. So. Thailand was just safe the whole time. It was mm. like you don't have to worry. You can literally point a camera anywhere, do whatever, and people very chilled out, happy smiling, very chilled. Yeah. Um, and then Japan, in my opinion, my favourite country. Mm. Um, probably if I was ever going to move anywhere, I'd go to Japan.
0: I, I um, found it just. I mean, I, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm definitely not a religious man, and I never mm-hmm. used to Neither be. Neither am I. I never used yeah. to be a spiritual, sp- spiritual, a spiritual person, but I think. Yeah. Certainly, the older I'm getting, the more I'm like, mm, uh, kind of, I'd like to think there's more to it than this. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I found, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found Japan just sort of, it, it sort of spoke to somewhere w- way deep down. You know, you, there's a different energy about the place. Yeah. It's like for us, you're in the petrol. For, for, sorry, go ahead. For us, like history even he, in the UK we've got history don't we? You know we we have, sure, yeah. we've got we've got old Tons an, of it. ancient history. You've got buildings that go back fifteen hundred years, sixteen hundred years or things like that. Like, mm-hmm. But you go to Japan and they've got temples that are five thousand years old and they're still yeah. standing looking better than some of the new built flats Anywhere that else, you get in London. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> and, uh, they're just so full of respect out there. Yeah.
0: Towards anything, mm. you
1: go into a petrol station and you buy a can of Coke and a sandwich or something and you go to pay them and they're like, Thank you and it's yeah. like you give them money, thank no, thank you. Like yeah and, and it's just so sincere. Um they all live to their hundreds and like you nineties know, or hundreds there, no one's obese. Like mm. they're waking up and the hotel meals that we were getting given was a, a tray of rice, like soup, some like raw fish like I was so into it, mm. and the down the roads, like the, the the like, they've got koi fish in the gutters because the water's so clean. Like <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I remember coming back the first time, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that was my favourite place I've ever been to.
0: Yeah.
1: By a way, by a way, like a long
0: way. Mate, if you if you like your drifting, I take it you did some drifting around Mount Fuji and <laughs> so stuff, did you?
1: I got given a Suzuki <laughs> little toaster three cylinder rental car. Yeah. And it's right-hand drive as well because they're the same over there. And Nothing goes like hotel, a rental
0: car. Nothing goes oh, like mate, a rental fastest car. Fastest <laughs> car
1: in the world, is not it? So we, our hotel is down by, um, by the I can't remember the name of the lake, massive lake. We probably had about a twenty to thirty-minute journey up to Mount Fuji Raceway. I, think
0: I know where you are. And yeah.
1: all of the roads, you can get to a certain point, and next minute you see all the tire marks, yep. where they where they drift. Yep. And I'm like, I pulled over, and Sam, who I was there working with, he was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like dude you don't understand man like I've seen this bit of I've seen this bit of road on YouTube, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just gotta get out and take some photos it's and the mecha, like, isn't it? what the hell man, there's just tired up what's going on i' like honestly this is this is it like yeah. um, and I drove that road the whole time I was there, and I've been there three times now really um and I've seen you drive past I've seen all of the the local drifters and stuff yeah, 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 yeah. um I snuck out one night, actually everyone was going for beers at the bar, and I was like, oh I'm, oh, tired, long day. <laughs> Grabbed the keys and I went up into the hills and they were they were there, man. They were there because it was a weekend and I just I was in my element. I had a great time. So I've not been back for a few years now, um but one day I've said to Megan, I'd love to take her because, like as a family, I think there's so so much to do there. Definitely. Um,
0: I I've said to to my wife to Nikki, I, I I would love to to take her back to Japan. I. I ended up crashing in Japan and, and um, I ended up living with an Australian expat guy and his Japanese wife and their family. And I lived with them for about yeah. three and a half weeks. And oh, he, so
1: you cra- as in you fell, fell off, sort of crashed? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I oh prob- is it? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying, I'd met up with this expat biking group over there, Gaijin Riders. And um, yeah. it just it just so happened to be the same time of year as their annual family barbecue right at the bottom of Mount Fuji. So they said, come Fair along. Yeah, play. You know, yeah, yeah. C- come stay with us. We'd love to hear your stories, have some beer, eat some food. Beautiful. Sounds perfect. So I did I like that. It. And um, during the course of the night, they were saying, you know, where, what's your plans? Where are you going? And I literally had only scheduled after doing russia i went to south korea and then from south korea to japan and then from japan i was going to thailand and i i gave myself four days in japan nuts ridiculous
1: it's crazy looking back
0: probably not enough is it no not at all so <laughs> my plan was literally to go from there to to mategi because i was trying to do all the moto gp circuits and, and get a picture at all. The, yeah, try, nice. try and blag my way on to do a lap but i only got yeah. i only managed a couple um so my plan was to go to with Metegi, then straight to Tokyo, sort out the shipping, job done. So these two guys, yeah. there's a Russian guy and a, a Kiwi guy, said, um, "Oh, we, we know some great mountain roads will take you to Mategi. So I said, beautiful, let's do it. So we went for a right. ride, and these guys were quick, they were rapid. They were, they were proper yeah. good riders. So we're having a bit of fun, then we pulled over for some fuel, and the Kiwi chap said, give me the camera, and I you go in front, I'll film you, and you'll get some oh on-bike footage. It's the camera, man, I'm telling yeah. you, Well, blame the camera. it lit a little fire in the devil of me. And As I it thought, does. I'm in Japan on a jigsaw, I've got to get my knee down. So that was <laughs> it. So every every bend, I'm literally like yeah. sticking my knee out and trying to get my knee down. Go on, this, get it down. This bend, well, I nearly got it down on one, and I thought, right, next one, death or glory, we're going for it. And, uh, yeah. It was just a. It was just a. Excuse the. Excuse the term, but it was a clusterfuck from the word go. Really, I. I hit. I hit a little bump in the road. I. I buckled both my wheels, so, which I didn't realise crossing Russia. So as I. As I sort of. Hit this bump and the front came up in the air. When I touched the brakes, yeah. it locked the front. So when the front came down, I went into a bit of a, a front wheel skid. I came off the brakes. That pushed me wide onto gravel. By now, I'm staring at the. The barrier the you know the, the, oh the hoarding God, at the, the side girders. of the road. Yeah yeah yeah. As soon as I touched the brakes, obviously on gravel, both of it just went. So I, I face planted straight into the barrier and smashed Shit. smashed the front of the bike up. But um as it is when you're away travelling, the, the guys that I was with made sure I was okay and then said, Don't worry about it. We've we've got a mate who's got a van. He'll come and pick your yeah. bike up. He's get a bit the bike, a,
1: fix it up, get yeah. it in your way.
0: He's a bit of a yeah, mechanic, don't worry about it, we'll sort you out. So Sat yeah, yeah, there yeah. for a couple of hours and then this, this lad called Pete turned up, this Aussie lad Pete. And he's Pete Pete. Aussie Pete. Yeah, and you know you know when you meet somebody who you just gel with straight away. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, for sure. Straight away. As soon as he turned up, he took the piss and I was just like, Yeah.
1: Alright, we're uh, there are we <laughs> Yeah. I was like,
0: I can see where this yeah. is going. And he was like, Yeah, don't worry That's about sweet. it, mate. You know, typical Aussie, don't no worries, come back. You stay with me. We'll fix your bike up. Your bike up. Yeah. It, it'll be right. So, um, the next thing, I'm in this truck. We've lifted the bike up onto the back of this little Suzuki flatbed, and we go back to the barbecue that I'd been at the night before. And I'm Sweet. I'm introduced to his family. And three and a half weeks later, I'm saying goodbye. <laughs> oh my god! Get <laughs> it was in just. There. It was just meant, and I still keep in touch with them to this day. You know, he's just yeah, yeah, friends just, for life. So I would love to take my wife over to Japan. She gets to meet Pete and Akiko and their kids, and we go and oh, do a bit of travel. Definitely. It's a beautiful You've got island. That done. Mm. Yeah, yeah, awesome place.
1: Oh, that's amazing! I
0: know a nice story that is. Yeah, that's that's what I love about. I love that about travel and it overland travel in particular, in that mm-hmm. you, you can you can spend time, you know, if once you let go of the whole schedule thing and just go where the trip yeah. takes
1: you. Dude, this is what Lyndon said to me. Um, you go there, you wouldn't go traveling without a game plan. Mm. And he's like, I'll go somewhere with a plan. Next minute I'll meet someone yeah. next minute. Like you say, you're there for two, two weeks, maybe more. Yeah. And it throws everything else off, but that doesn't matter because yeah. you're just going with the flow, aren't you? So yeah. um, that's what I, if I was ever going to do it, I'd, I'd like to just kind of think on the fly and hope that I bump into nice people because stuff, when that happens, it's magical, isn't it? You can't yeah. plan for that.
0: It's the best part of the sure. trip and that, that's when the trip comes alive is, is when that sort of yeah, stuff sure. happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I had I had this chap on the podcast, not last week, week before. He's a, a chap called Sam Manicum and he's... Um, I've
1: got to watch that one.
0: Oh, he's... I've he's, not seen it yet he will make you feel like an utter shit he will make you feel like <laughs> you are the worst person on the planet because Sam is the nicest guy alive he really is awesome he's like a yeah. he's just such a nice genuine balanced bloke you know lovely it's yeah, just, yeah. he's a joy to speak to and listen to and, but he, he went away on his trip he passed his bike test and six weeks later he's in the Sahara Desert
1: Get in there, like... <laughs> and then,
0: and eight years it took him to do his trip. He did... Like around... He did 200-odd thousand... I did 74,000 miles, 54 countries, in about a year yeah. and a half. He did 200,000 miles in 52 countries in eight and a bit years. <laughs> like, Sam, Sam, literally, he doesn't go through a country, he explores it. You know, it's like if he's Man. going down a road and he sees a little track to the left, well, I'll take the track. Fucking go uh, see where that goes. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah, the way awesome. to do it. If, if you can, yeah. that is the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, are you okay for time?
1: I've got nowhere to. Be. Well, I mean, Meg knows that this could take one or three hours, so cool. she's cool. I'll just right. I'll call her when when we're done. She's gonna come and scoop me up. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> one. mate. I just realised I just come back from having a pee there, and I walked into this room. It's like a sauna. Jeez, it's, it's so hot up here
1: as well. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that, that's the Surfing only reason I'm for, for the cause. It's the only reason I'm drinking, obviously.
1: I know. That, that's why I'm five in. You five in? Trying to stay hydrated. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Fucking hell, stay five. Hydrated. Jesus, they're just they're going down. What can I say? That that trip up the mountain this morning. It's, uh it's why I need. It.
0: You have got to replenish those eighteen hundred calories. Mate. Mm. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Next question, uh, yeah. GD Shui. I think we've we've covered. It. How many Dakar rallies have you covered? What's your favourite rally? South Africa, America, Saudi.
1: We yeah, kind of, we covered that, have not we? Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, right. What else we got here? Ah, here's a good one. Barney's Lanes, gear and dust management in Dakar and Africa Eco Race. Discuss. <laughs> how did you find it god yeah <laughs> it's gotta be an industrial one is it this it was
1: i don't know five quid off is five it? quid off amazon yeah it was nothing uh it was a last minute thing um we ended up buying two new lap- macbook laptops and we everything all of our kit was going and hmm. last minute i was like oh shit, I, I remember dakar being dusty um we should get like a little hoover Genuinely the most important team member of the trip. <laughs> Twice a day, we'd sit there, hoover the, kept the laptops, hoover the lenses, cameras, everything. That that was the dust management, basically, and it was four or five quid off Amazon. So, Jesus.
0: That um, sand gets everywhere, doesn't it? Oh,
1: my God. I mean, Dakar was bad, because um, I didn't have that, uh, and I'd get back and all oh, my lenses were like gritty and I mm. could feel everything crunching and... Um, we had a pretty new MacBook there as well, and that thing was fucked. Um, <laughs> you'd be in a media tent, happy as, and the next minute, this only happened in Dakar, but it was in Peru, and the next minute, the the, the, uh, the tent doors just blew open, and a whole sand, like a sandstorm whipped mm. through. Two minutes, three minutes, you sat there like trying to cover everything. And when it's gone, you could literally write your name on the laptop. Jesus. Draw like draw penises on the laptop and all that. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I did and took a photo of it because it was it was like a good few millimeters thick, and I'm like, I, what can you do about that? Yeah. It's it's gone everywhere. Um, so it wasn't as bad in Africa, um, for sure. But Dakar was ruthless. Those
0: those sandstorms um, are just. I mean, they come from
1: nowhere, They're absolutely nowhere, and then they go as quick as they arrive.
0: Yeah, and it's literally like yeah. someone out of the movies, isn't it? You're just like, what the oh, fuck yeah, is definitely. that? And then
1: whack, it hits you, boom, and then it's gone. Yeah, and everyone's just sat there, like trying to rub their eyes, <laughs> yeah. and then you have to carry on working. <laughs> and it was there where I saw some fella whip this out, a photographer whip this out, and he was all on his laptop keyboard. I was like, mate. What an absolute purchase that is, you let me use it a few times, but so that yeah, that's why I bought that
0: so I, I take it you must use like um uh s s. d. hard drives and stuff, do you
1: yeah, yeah, um uh dakar we had a couple, and from then it was like very apparent that you need stuff that God forbid if you take a bump or something happens, you need yeah. something thats you know um so I used the G tech. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Shockproof, weatherproof. Um, they just meant, you know, yeah. bang them in the laptop. Uh, and each day we'd back up to another drive. And then I think at, at any one point we had three copies of everything basically for Blimey. super, you know, so we were super safe. Mm-hmm. Me and Andy both had a copy and then there was another backup. Yeah. Um, the reason I so. ask is,
0: is um, I fell foul of that on my, on my trip. I set off on the world trip and I didn't I'm not saying I do now but I didn't know how to edit videos I didn't know anything when I set off you know bear in mind I'd had had three years of planning I didn't think that maybe I should learn how to edit how to film and how to edit before I went so um I, I had bought a cheap little external hard drive. I think it was like a 500 gig one or something. That'll do me for my round-the-world uh-huh. trip. Off we go. And um, yeah. bear in mind, it was, like, it was like 720, my footage. It wasn't even, wasn't even 1080. Yeah. A lot um, of
1: Linden stuff from races places is as well. Is it? Just purely because you just, you know, if it's going on YouTube, you don't need mm. the difference between 720 and 1080. Is it's not noticeable. Right. Uh, and the amount of size, as you'll know, you, you can save with 720 is Aye. it's huge it's, well it's half isn't it so
0: well, it's like the, uh, the, the, the fad th- the fad now is 4k isn't it? and that, it's just it's just obscene
1: <laughs> 4k yeah um we again we shot the whole eco race in 1080 purely yeah. because everyone that's watching youtube i'm gonna say probably the majority aren't on a mobile phone mm-hmm. you know on the sofa sat there if you film something in 4k or 10, 1080 you're never gonna know nah. the difference nah um And all you're gonna know is the price of buying more hard drives because you're tucking through them. Yep. So four K is amazing for some things, but for you know, ten eighty is still in my opinion, is still absolutely spot on for for web. Definitely.
0: That's all I do. I well I I film I film in two point seven but then I downscale it for my Yeah. Well yeah. no, I, yeah, yeah, no. I I film and I edit at 2.7, but it's downscaled to 1080 once you put it onto to YouTube anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like
1: had... all the slow-mo footage that mm. everyone will see from the Eco race, that's 1080 cuz I use a Panasonic GH5. Oh yeah, yeah. Um when they shoot high frame rate, it's 1080. They'll shoot awesome 4K, but at the end of the day, we shoot a lot of slow-mo cuz it just looks fucking it just looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, you can stabilize that uh, as well,
0: can't you? It just looks yeah
1: exactly they have three-way stabilizers in the camera so it's unreal how smooth you can get the stuff to be but Mm. that slow-mo footage will upscale to 4k really nicely as well depending where you are yeah if you're somewhere like if you're in trees or in a plantation you'll get the aliasing you know like where you see the lines yeah on footage where it loses the quality but normally it's all right so but yeah 1080 is the one i think for for certainly for the you know for the future as well
0: have you seen um, that new that new Sony camera that's come out market? It's mark marketed specifically at the vlogger. What is it? The Z1 or something or the V1? Or?
1: Um, I've seen. I get like um, CVP and a couple of websites send me emails all the time. New Sony camera. I've seen what it looks like. Mm. I think because it's not what I'm looking for. I've not you know I've not gone and um, read up and done done some digging on it. Yeah. But um, that's a huge market. You know, massive massive so i'm and sure if it's if it's good they'll sell tons of those cameras
0: the money that like youtube youtube has this draw doesn't it people think oh i'll get on youtube i'll, I'll become a millionaire people will give me loads of stuff and good luck to you good luck to you but um honestly good luck in my um, experience it's it don't work like that.
1: <laughs> it's pot luck, i think it's like being an artist i think nowadays because hmm. there's there's so many like Thousands of really talented artists. Aye. It comes down to right place, right time, the right person that sees your work, yeah. and then, and then, I mean, the people that have got millions of followers on YouTube, there'll be other people out there doing maybe better stuff. Yeah, but they've just not been lucky enough to be yep. discovered.
0: Yeah, it'll open doors so. for you, doesn't it? And it's, it's just mm. a question of making making use of the doors and the opportunities that arise.
1: If you don't do it, then you're never you're never in for a fighting chance. That's it, and so. no
0: and no one's shit hot when they first start. People are shit when they oh, start, of and you not. just no. have to you no. just have to build, don't you? And and, and that's what it's all going.
1: about. Yeah. yeah, each time you do something, you bet yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, here's a good one, B Tech Biker. What's your biggest achievement? <laughs> biggest achievement?
1: I'm gonna have to say leaving full time employment and going self-employed yeah. and making it work. Um, that was a big risk. Um, and I tried very hard to make it work. So I did a lot of stuff for free at the beginning. Um, when I left Greenlight, I had a whole portfolio of stuff that I'd done for them. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't put that into a showreel for myself because it it wasn't all me. You know, there was other camera crew, there was the yeah. stuff I'd produced, the stuff I'd edited, stuff I'd shot, but I, I couldn't use that because it wasn't my work, so I was basically starting from scratch, so I, um, I handed my notes in a green light. I, I, I gave them like half a year of notice. I said, I'll still work up until August. This was Christmas or something. I'll still work up till August, do everything that you've got me booked in for, um, and that gave me enough time to save up uh, some money uh, then I bought a camera. I bought an FS700 Sony, which I'm actually using to film this <laughs> on. Um, I don't use it very often. It's just really good for audio. Yeah. Um, it's the first time it's been out of the box in a while. But I bought that, and uh, I ended up actually approaching companies saying, look, I'll do your video for free as long mm. as you sort of say I did it and promote it. So I went and did like a, a car valeter. Um, I did... I did all sorts of stuff. I think I did, like, a dance school. I did...
0: Well, all based around the Isle of Man? Crash.
1: All stuff on the Isle of Man, yeah. Mm. Just went to people, say, look, I'm new at this. I've not got any work to show people. Can I come and make you a video? You get a video for free, mm-hmm. um, as long as you, you know, put my name out there. And from that, slowly s- snowballed, and then next minute, people are... Um, contacting you and then next, like you know the last two years i've not sponsored anything or advertised it's just all sort of coming in naturally from word of mouth and people awesome. seeing our work so it's interesting so that, my that. biggest achievement i think taking the risk and going self-employed because it, it's you know it's sink or swim isn't it so
0: absolutely yeah i mean it's interesting because my my son has basically done the same thing that that you've you did and that he used he used to work for a company in Glasgow called Twenty Nine Studios. Um, like my son's a videographer, but he's he awesome. sort of he had the life that I wanted. You know, I was stuck in the old yeah, bell, yeah. and he was flying around Eich. the world filming and editing videos. And I was just like, oh man, I'd, I wish that sort of thing was or I was I'd available. And, yeah, if I'd known about yeah. it, you know. And then as as luck would Eich. have it, life took the route it took, and I ended up resigning from the old bill and now it's my life but my boy yeah, is, yeah. has made the decision no. that, that you made and he left his, that company did the same thing yeah. said to them you know I will still freelance for you but he's yeah, someone to work with you hmm, but yeah but he's setting himself up now in, in Glasgow and doing his own thing and yeah awesome
1: Yeah, yeah. the thing is the work's there mm. there's always work there if you're a grafter and if you put the time and effort in and really try you're never going to not have work yeah um, I think anyone that that wants to do it and thinks it's just going to come to you, it's, it's You're wrong. You're going to have to put the hours in. You'll have to do Friday nights and you'll have to work weekends. Um, and before you know it, all that stuff stops happening because you've got a client base. Then, mm.
0: yeah, I'm so. a I'm a firm believer in that. You know, I know I know some people have horrific times in life, and you know, I I they've got my sympathies and all that. But I, I, I do yeah. think a lot of the time success success will come if you put the graft in and it if you come for free no you've got to put the, you put yeah. the groundwork in you've got to go through yeah. the rough times and you you've got to adapt you you've got to realize sure. okay maybe this route I'm going down or this method that okay maybe this isn't working what yeah. what do i do to combat that what do i do you have
1: got to be flexible yeah. you have to be flexible on your toes all the time mm-hmm. and you have to adapt uh, especially nowadays you know like technology's moving so quick one minute you're making videos next minute you have to learn how to do animation because mm-hmm. people want you to be multi multitasking now. Yeah. You need to be good at doing lots of stuff. Back yeah. in the day, if you were a cameraman, that was your job. Yeah. Now you need to be able to film, edit, audio Sound, and graphics. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And oh. it, and it's now it's now a truly international marketplace. So you you, is, yeah. you living in the Isle of Man with the cost of living that you have, you're now mm-hmm. competing with the chap or lady in Bangladesh who can live for, you know, 100 quid for a month. Whereas, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you need an X amount of figure for a job. <laughs> you know, yeah. my my mate, um, my mate, Wee Sai, he's a, an illustrator. And oh, that's, awesome. That's, exa- you know, he's he's been doing it 50-odd years. So he's come right through the boom. Oh, so he's
1: he's rode the wave. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: But he's now finding it really hard because... That's that's the you know he's up against the fiver market now you know where oh. where for him he he's a perfectionist and a true artist you know he's a, a yeah. proper artist his work is phenomenal but he he Fired in his mark. head says well I used to get paid x amount a thousand for for this. Why? Why but now? People,
1: people know that they can go on Fiverr for twenty, 20 quid, twenty five quid, 20 quid yeah. and get a logo.
0: Oh, and he's like, but, but it's but it's shit. It's shit. You know, that's that's not. Yeah. It's not graphically correct. It's not artistically correct. And you're like, it's the market no. that he, he, he's struggling to adapt to. That. Yeah. This is it. I think also people
1: being educated. Um, that want work doing, you go to Fiverr, you pay 20 quid, you mm-hmm. get a logo done, you pay 20 quid for it, you yeah. get a JPEG. As soon as you take that to a printer to get a t-shirt made or you want your logo putting on a van, then they turn around and say, oh, it's all pixelated mm-hmm. shit quality. It's like, well, fuck, I paid 20 quid for it. I can't mm-hmm. argue with that. Yeah. Whereas if you go to a designer, you get branding done, you pay mm-hmm. a few grand, you're sorted then. Mm-hmm. And that puts you out in front of everyone else in your market. Mm-hmm. Good branding. I mean, like, Brewdog got the Kings, Brewdog, man, honestly, they, they just—they're doing everything right. Who, you can sorry. tell that they, Dario, is that Brewdog?
0: Brewdog, dog. Oh,
1: Punk IPA. <laughs> yes, great beer. You should drink some. But like, there's how many IPA like mm. fucking breweries are there? It's the yeah. ones that take that extra effort and spend the money with real designers. It just—it stands out a mile away.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, I feel like it's educating people. The Isle of man is catching up. People are starting to learn. A few years ago we'd send uh, quotes off for stuff and they'd be like well i don't i can't afford that and we've had it a few times where people have come back and gone oh, actually can we still do that you know yeah. we realize that it's actually not that bad mm-hmm. but um it doesn't help with fiverr and stuff i mean obviously for some people it's perfect but you get what you pay for unfortunately
0: that's key in it you get what you pay yeah. for absolutely nothing yeah. in life is free yeah hmm um right jcesnulvicius some people have weird <laughs> tag names don't they yeah the usernames yeah Vicious. <laughs> did dario go to oh i think we covered this did dario go to film school or are you self-educated
1: self-educated yeah, yeah through and through um yeah a lot of it iota green light they well, i knew how to use a camera and then I arrived there and it was like, well, hang on. We can see clearly, so you can use a camera, but now you're filming inside with arena lighting. Mm. You need to change your frame rate so you don't get flickering. You need to set your. They did it, all this stuff and and they showed me. I knew how to film. They just built on it mm-hmm. um, and turned me into like someone that actually really knows the way around the camera, depending on wherever you're filming. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it, yeah, is self-taught and experiment and then um, learning from going out filming something, thinking. Oh fuck! I can't wait to look at that footage. Getting back on your laptop and being like, "That is <laughs> yeah. unusable. Yep. That shit. What was that? Yeah, I'm Heartbreaking."
0: Like that. I, I, yeah. Before, before, well, I still do it now because now I've got ND filters and polarizing filters for like my GoPro and for the drone. Yeah, I've got the. I just Makes bought such the new. A difference Well, I've got them. And I rarely use them, so you, you still. I get home and it's like that's all overexposed. Fuck, it's all blown out, and you're like, oh yeah. shit. The GoPro's shit. not the GoPro not too bad on the bike, but um the yeah. drone, the amount of drone footage that it's just, it's just you know I've had to bin it because you're like oh, I can't use that. It's dog
1: shit. I bought bought the drone, and at the same time I bought the ND kit for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah i just i just bought it is, that is you, you learn as you're going you learn as you go with stuff yeah. like
0: that yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. i've got to it's admit just annoying frame yeah. frame rates iso all that uh, that's still that's still like latin to me at the moment um sort of tentatively yeah. tentatively going oh, in
1: like someone there's basically loads of people are trying to explain it their own way you'll find one person that'll put it a certain way and you'll go oh fuck actually i understand that now hmm. Um, they'll refer it to something and it'll just make sense to you. Like it clicked for me a few years ago, ISO and uh, Aperture and all mm. this stuff. And before it was almost like not guessing, but you know, I just did on the camera what looked good. Yeah. Now I understand why it looks good and you know, what, why you should have it set at certain things. So, like, honestly, one day it'll just, someone will do it and you'll. Ping! The light will come on. You'd be like, "Oh my god, I get that now." Right, I'll bring a camera. Up until t- then you're just blagging, <laughs> blagging it the whole way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can film that. I know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Chuck that it in auto.
0: Yeah, that'll do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs>
0: I'll bring a camera with me when I come to the Isle of Man. Then.
1: Oh, uh, and if you don't, we've got loads here that you can take anyway. <laughs> Spot on. I'm up for that.
0: Oh, definitely, I'm up for that, man.
1: Definitely. Yeah, we, do you know we should film something when you come over? Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're writing I know, checks loads now. Of <laughs> No, I'm just saying. <laughs> right, I'm there. I'm you
0: there. You should definitely
1: do a little feature or something. Definitely, just for fun.
0: I'd love to. Yeah, that would be that would be mint. Right, let's do yeah. it. Uh, okay, small bear on a bike. What's your ratio between all the hours of material versus what makes the edit? Oh
1: my god. So, me, Andy, and Luke are all as bad as each other. We're so bad for overfilming. Mm. Um, when i first started and even at Greenlight, i'd go to jobs and i got pulled in by my old boss and he was <laughs> like look you've um you've not filmed enough and you've not held record on i've i've gone and found a for example i remember being at an event um and i was filming bikes you know all the, the super enduro bikes filming number plates mm-hmm. and i was holding you know aiming at number one plate Taddy three seconds i'm like that's spot on i get back and the editor was like mate you none of your clips are long enough it's like shit oh god i'm sorry and then i learned you have to like it's seven yeah, seconds to, isn't it? You, wait five yeah exactly even more sometimes um since then i've just I, I film so much more than i need but that gives you the, the choice i mean you do the edit you've got options absolutely um in terms of ratios i'm gonna say so for Eco Race, we actually used a lot of the footage. There's not too much that got left. Um, maybe 70%, 60% got used each day. Um, oh, that's good. Maybe more, actually. Um, How oh, you Certainly with Dakar, we would. I used, like, 30% every mm. day. There was so much shit. We actually did, like, a best of at the end, and they, they gave us permission to do, like, a big extended version, so I took loads of stuff in, no one had seen, but... Um, normal day to day stuff I try and use everything but there's definitely like 30-20% that doesn't ever get seen
0: yeah I when so I do my sorry go on
1: I was going to say that's where you try and come in and be like look you know in two months time three months time we can do a re-edit mm. and we can use the shit we've not used and um, we'll give you a discounted rate and all that and you try and work that in to almost give you more work and also prolong their investment in what you've offered them basically
0: Yeah, yeah yeah that's a good point but I never uh, thought about that yeah the business side of it yeah like when I when I do my tours and I take the punters away, I I film because I I'll, I I'll, I'll do you know I I do my YouTube vids based around the, the trip away as well. Yeah. But I I end up with there 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 must be an easier quicker way of editing. But the way I edit is I take I break it down into days generally. So I'll take all that day's footage and put it all out on the timeline chronologically. And then I'll sync yep. all my cameras up, so the various two or three cameras I use, my phone if I do off bike footage, all See, the yeah, punters, yeah, yeah. yeah drone. Okay. I put it all. up do all proxy files, and then I put everything out there. So I might end up with eight See, proxy edit as well. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my yeah. my computer will fall over. So um, so do you
1: use I, Premiere Premiere Pro? Do you or
0: Final Cut? I use Final Cut. Final Pro. Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Final um, Cut. I don't. I don't know how to use Premiere. To be honest, I just I've always used it's, Final Cut
1: yeah yeah they're all the same just different if you know what i mean yeah but i'm the same as you i i'll get everything i've shot and i'll put everything on a timeline oh do you and then i yeah yeah yeah. i mean again different editors have different ways of you know doing it some people go in the bin and drag the bit out they like but i put everything normally in uh, camera you know gh5 Mm -hmm. 700 drone gopro spread it all out you end up with like eight hours of footage and i go through and everything i like i lift up a channel yeah So I scan through, lift up a bit, cut this bit, and then I ended up with loads of stuff on the next channel, delete everything underneath it, and then I've got everything that's usable, Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm working with then. It's a longer way of doing it, but I feel like you you don't miss stuff out there. You get the best of what you've shot, um, as opposed to dragging and dropping from the bin
0: i'm glad you do that that's exactly what i do so you you go from like eight hours down to maybe two and a half and then you've got to try and and get again down you keep going and going and going and going oh it takes fucking days you get the
1: best (laughs) you get the best edit then because you're not going to miss anything you won't miss a shot you see everything you can move stuff around what works best together yeah so i do it exactly the same
0: so I know some of my some of my sort of moto-vloggy YouTube mates, the way they do it is they, they'll literally just pull some clips out, out of right. the bin and they just edit it, edit a sequence. That's that, mm-hmm. we're done. Pull the next bit out, edit it all together, create a sequence. Yeah. And I'm just like, how do you do that? I, I need to see it. Yeah. I, I've got to... I'm, I- I'm visual. <laughs> I've got to see it all laid I'm out. I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same as you.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's actually in Premiere, there's a way of um, almost doing like an auto-edit where you can sit there and you tap the keyboard... And whatever footage you've got in the timeline, it puts it in an order and cuts it to a beat that you do with your hand. What? I've never done it yet, but um, Andy's used it a few times when he's been, you know, a tight deadline. Mm-hmm. And it's ruthless because you don't know what you're going to get. But sometimes he was saying, that, look, they're paying nothing for what we're doing. This has literally got to be done quick. And he's very good like that. Whereas me, I'm like, no, everything's precious. I have to make yeah. everything as good as I can. But yeah. Um, so this yeah, I've not learned how to do that yet, unfortunately. Um, right, there was auto
0: edits like the you know the GoPro auto edits and stuff. I, I have punters come away, and yeah. for me, I, I'm generally you're probably after a trip, you're probably looking at a minimum of a month before I'll get the first vid out, right? And yeah, and like these guys that I take away with me will sit in the calf having a coffee at, like, the 11 o'clock or 1 o'clock stop, Mm -hmm. and they're on the phone, and they just generate a little video, like, auto-generated from what we've just done, and they're like, there's nothing to this editing, Lark, look, there you go. And you're like, "Shit, that's actually pretty good, bastard. You have to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I just don't. (laughs) Uh, We're just
1: perfectionists, aren't we?
0: Oh, well. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah. At least you've got something to live up to. I'm, I'm just I'm blagging <laughs> it. <laughs> um, Gary Cooper, did Dario get any footage of his foot toe being dissected? His fe- oh, Gary, what <laughs> whilst oh. uh, so, whilst filming? Gary's a uh,
1: he's a local. He, he lives over here, um, and he actually runs and uh, looks after a 24 hour annual mountain bike event. Yeah, so it's at a plantation. It's one big circuit. 24 hours you can come in teams of teams of two four six so you can do it on your own and basically just do as many laps as you can
0: that's the ldr um, isn't it l ldlr the LDR,
1: LD, ldlr yeah longest yeah. day longest ride it's on the um the, the summer equinox or whatever the longest day right um two years ago i was doing it and i i, I was limping around because fuck my foot was just <laughs> so sore and he's like what's going on with you i don't, I don't know my toes just absolutely killing me and pull my sock off and it, my toe looked like a tomato and I, I, it was just it was one of my you know the third toe along it was just massive and it got to a point where i, just, I couldn't walk anymore and i'm like not i'm not a wussy like you know i'll just i'll grip my teeth and crack on but mm. this was like unbearable i had to go to a&e so i left the Jesus. event went to a&e um The guy up there, he wouldn't let me film it, which was a bit annoying because it was it was one of those like gross but satisfying things. Yeah, he sliced it open, put like a cross in it, and all the sh- shit came out my toe. And he was saying it looked like a like a spider bite, wow, or, or an insect bite. Mm-hmm. And I'm like but insect bite, but the other man's not got anything nasty. But I think like the week before I was away in Europe. Um, mm. So I don't know; it could have been anything. But either way, Gary and, and his his wife Claire they just thought it was really amusing that this <laughs> toe came back and it looked like it looked like a firework had gone off on it. It was all <laughs> fucked. But I got back within a couple of hours and finished the event. Um, but yeah, he just keeps reminding me of it because it's just it's just a bit <laughs> gross. Like, <laughs> so they wouldn't they wouldn't let you film it? No, in the hospital they wouldn't let. I was like, like you know, come on man, it's not every day yeah, that yeah, your yeah. toe looks like this. Do you mind if I film?
0: Sure it's your it? It's
1: going to come out of it. Because, I mean, that, people, like, weirdly, people like looking at stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I'll admit as well, sometimes I, I can't take my eyes off it, even though it's gross. But the yeah, A was like, no, we can't. We can't have do you, it.
0: Have you seen those vids on YouTube where people, like, they, they bust oh, boils? Yeah. I mean, and, oh.
1: A lot of the time I can't look because I'm a bit squeamish, but sometimes <laughs> it's just so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you let it get to that point where it's. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I remember I'm I I'm hoping it's finished, but I went through a, a period a, a year or two ago where I had a nightmare on bikes. I, I literally I think I had three or four accidents in the space of about two years, just and I, all commuting in and out of London. Oh, it's just bad ones. Uh, yeah, one any one crash
1: is bad, really, isn't
0: it? One was bad. I I ended up I was going up the old, heading home after a night oh. duty and then um, going down the Old Kent Road. It was all on the same sort of two mile stretch of road, Old Kent Road in South London. And a nurse, believe it or not, a nurse pulled out in front of me. Just came from a side oh. road, so I I t packed into our car. I, I wrote a car off. <laughs> we, I basically rugby tackled. Went through this. It. Yeah, I just I rugby <laughs> tackled uh, the the rear passenger door. I sort of slammed my brakes on, but threw myself over the bike and just rug, rugby tackled the car. But it, it popped my shoulder yeah. out, so I, oh. I end up in in casualty, and um, my wife. She was at work that day. She turned up for a day duty, so obviously they, they said to her, Right, you need to go to hospital. So she yeah. she came and saw me at the hospital. And she filmed it. So I was like five and a half no, that happened at seven yeah, five and a half hours before they realised I'd dislocated my shoulder. So I'd been sat in the in the Your bed. Your shoulder was out. Yeah, yeah. It was just I thought oh. I thought I'd broke my arm to be honest. It was just I've never felt pain like it. Yeah, and, um, I've done
1: my shoulder before as oh, well, so now I know it. it's fucking agony.
0: So when yeah. when they when they tried to put it back in, you know, they they tried three different ways of doing it and stuff. Yeah, and then um, Nikki was like, "Oh, I'll film it," and I was like, "Don't don't film it, don't film it." And she said, "Trust me, I'll film it. You know, you you will yeah. thank me." So she filmed yeah. whilst they're trying to pull my shoulder in and do all this stuff, and the doctors were just looking at her like, "What?" And She's like, he's got a YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good. it's good content. We've got a roll on this. Just,
0: oh, just get him here. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's there. It's on one of my vids. Yeah, Bloody hell! I've Did never... it like
1: suck in? Like you know, it goes, it's like a magnet. Like
0: I think because uh, because it had been out so long, it, it the, the first time they tried to put it in, it didn't go in. The second time they tried to do it, they basically had a, uh, a sling wrapped around my wrist. And one guy was pulling Ooh. my arm that way, and then he had a bedsheet wrapped round my top half, and this this little wee Malaysian nurse was Jesus pulling Christ. that way, and my yeah. shoulder eventually went in, but as soon as it yeah. went in, you can hear it on camera, it yeah. came out again. It's a horror. It's like a sucking noise, isn't it? Well, it went in and then came out again, and um, that's, oh, they wow. then had to they had to get me into a ward and knock me out and and Jesus whack it back Christ. in. Yeah. But, Oh man, just I've never felt pain like that. <laughs> nah, don't need you don't need that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Simon Simon Thessa. Wait, oh Simone, sorry sorry Simone Simone Thessa. Oh yeah, um, Simone. Do you know Simone? Do you? Yeah, yeah. All right, she says just through Instagram. Oh, okay, yeah. you're right. She's saying how did how did you and Lyndon get to know each other? So, so um, we touched on that yeah, earlier, is- but we never did actually yeah to. i
1: was going to explain it so um it was the christmas before the 2018 dakar and like it, i'm like minding my own business just doing do my shit and next minute i get a um a message from from linden this guy linden and he was like hey man like um my name's Lyndon, uh basically this is that he explained what he was doing and he was like um your friend, Sam Travis, who's a guy that I worked with at Greenlight, he's moved to Manchester now, has his own production company, and we sort of work together still. But he, he basically said, look, I can't I can't do the work, but I know someone that can do the whole same edit, film, delivery in one day. Uh, Dario, give him a shout. So next minute, I'm like going from pretty like calm, quiet, run up to Christmas this is a sweet. Next minute, Lyndon's messaging me, and he's like, can you tell me more about yourself? Um, <laughs> Um, This is the project, it's like I'm really stressing because the guy that was going to do it can't do it now and all of my fans have like basically donated a ton of money for this thing to work so I have no choice but to make this work. So I could see that he was like, I could see instantly he was stressing big time and the situation was like clear that a load of people had given him money for this thing that he'd promised, this product, uh, and he'd been uh, let down for no fault of So It was just one of those things. So he's like, can you please tell me about yourself? So I was, oh my God, uh, fucking hell, Dakar Rally, Jesus, that's a dream, that's like bucket list stuff. I sent an, an email with all of the stuff I'd done for Greenlight, all of the work I'd done. I sent him my Instagram, my uh, my dog's got an Instagram, I'm not sh- ashamed to say. I'm like, dude, check my dog's Instagram out, check this. I basically sent him everything. I was like, just check me out. This is what, you know, this is what I'm about. Yeah rang him up, and I think that was like five days before Christmas, um, next minute my flight's booked and I'm going to Peru Mega. Uh, on, like, on New Year's Day, so I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> get really messy on New Year, unfortunately, <laughs> I, had to, I was up early. But yeah, the next minute I'm traveling out to Peru, and I arrive in um, Lima, and I'd never met Lyndon face to face before, and next minute I'm in the hotel, and I'm shaking his hand and we've chatted loads on the phone and we'd literally, like, within an hour of me being there, I had my camera out and I was filming him, like, prepping his bike. And from that moment, like, you know, you were saying earlier, you meet someone and yep. you gel. Yep. Him and Uncle Rick, I got there, they were making jokes straight away. They made me feel like I was a bit nervous because, like, you, you are when you meet someone, especially I knew how high pressure it was. Yeah. Um, and he just put me at ease and he was like, dude, we're going to have a great time. Like, all you have to do is do there what you got. do, film me um have fun and next minute we're here now and i've done loads of projects with them fantastic but something no one not many people know is i brought my windows laptop to peru and i literally spent uh 300 quid getting it service before i went so i'm like right i've got a big job coming it's a three-week daily edit job i gave it to an engineer that i always use for stuff he's super great paid a load of money, cleaned, basically wiped it, start from scratch, fresh computer. First day, the day before the event started, so the day before the first stage, and this thing dies on me. And I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? (laughs) At that point, the software that I used was the same I used at Greenlight, and it's a Windows-only software called EDIUS for editing. Not many people know about it, EDIUS Pro it's called. it's amazing, very quick. It renders in the background. It's just efficient, but they don't make it for Mac. And Lyndon's like, "Well, dude, if your laptops broke, I've got this MacBook with Premiere Pro." And I'm like, "Fuck, I've never used Premiere oh, Pro." Oh my pressure! I had to learn. I had to learn Premiere Pro on the fly, man. What? So yeah, I, to, I learned a <laughs> new software. For a full-on professional job. I was that that night. Wow. I didn't sleep. I'd sat up watching YouTube tutorials. Wrote a load of shortcuts down on a pad. Um, Memorized where export and all the stuff I needed, basically wrote it down, and I had to learn how to use Premiere. From <laughs> that day, I've been I've been a Premiere Pro user because it's it's just fucking awesome. But it was just a fun f- fun thing that happens that at the time I wanted to kill myself. Oh, me. So, isn't it weird? Yeah. is it weird what you life imagine?
0: life throws at you? You know, and it's oh, just yeah. yeah. You you think to yourself, well, you know. Yeah, I, I often I often think that I think, well, what 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 sometimes just feels like an insurmountable object, it's, it's it's something which is just, it's the end, it's the end of your road, yeah. you figure out a way by yeah, it, yeah, don't yeah. you, and and it opens up a whole different new alleyway to you, yeah.
1: Just when you think stuff's going a certain way, the yeah. next minute, curveball comes in, changes yeah. everything, yeah. so since then I've been doing stuff with Linden, it's led on to stuff with motor racks. Um and then eco race, so it's been fantastic. And like, also, I made a, a very good friend in Linden. and yeah. um, like, he's a very close friend. I'm actually waiting for Spain to. I mean, they're going back to normal now, aren't they? From, a, first, from like lockdown and stuff. As
0: of first of July, like my mate London, yeah, um, yeah, they're they're welcoming welcoming punters from the first of July, yeah. I believe. So.
1: Basically, as soon as I'm good, and well, I think Hallie needs to get a little bit older to the point where I can leave for a few days, but he said as soon as you can, like me and Andy are going to go down and rent bikes, we go for, go ride for a bit, and he's got loads of trails down there that we're going to go very and good. just have some fun, basically, and so I'm waiting waiting for that moment, May, very yeah. excited. Mate, that, that um, first,
0: I'm the same, that... that- that first trip, the first trip, sort of UK wide, I can't wait for. Just, I probably could do yeah. it around England at the moment, but it just, I don't feel right. You know, I don't feel right sharing anything like that on social media because it's just not for yeah. me. It's just not right at the moment. But that yeah. first time that we can actually just get out and go up into Scotland, no go into Wales, just go, and then cross into yeah. Europe again. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, can't, really makes you so appreciate weird, it? it, doesn't it? To be, well,
1: on Monday, just gone. So, what are we, the 18th? So, a couple of days ago, um, the Isle of Man, like, we're back to normal. Lockdown's done. Oh, yeah. Pubs are open. Gyms are open. Like, we're, we're I think, the second place in Europe to, to like, eradicate uh, COVID completely. So, yeah. But the, board, the borders are remaining closed. I think people that are a Manx passport holder can come back. Mm-hmm. They have to then self-isolate for two weeks or whatever but i think by now anyone that was away that wants to come back has come back so mm-hmm. we're like in our own little bubble at the minute which yeah, is kind of yeah. kind of weird but also kind of nice Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's I'll, just I'll call- hard watching the rest of the place fall apart you know um it's it's just so different
0: and, and, so, it, qu- and it amazing we well, am not going to get into politics or anything, but is it amazing how quickly things changed and that it was almost yeah. like Covid hit and people people had a newfound appreciation for each other and and just what life's all about and what's important in life and then one horrible horrific tragic wrong event happens yeah. and yet it it seems to just have ignited anger oh so much rage anger. yeah and you're like yeah whoa just. Where's it come from? Yeah, yeah. you know, and there's, there's, I think there's two sides, at least two sides to every story. I totally understand that. I get sure. that. And, and as a white yeah. bloke, yeah, okay, I can't comment on a lot of things. But, yeah. wow, the rage. I think
1: for, some, for people, people, I'm just going to assume here, but for people like us, I'm going to put us in the same category here, mm. but people like us um, who have never thought anything about that, you know, to me, it's no issue at all. So now this is happening, it's shocking to me because mm. I've never... I've never ever had a, a negative view on anything like mm. that. Now it's all happening. It's almost been like, shit, all these other people have got that view, mm. and it's 2020. And I thought that shit ended decades ago. Yeah. Um, so it's actually been kind of difficult to, like, digest that.
0: Um, my um, my experience of it, and, and this will probably raise quite a few eyebrows. I probably shouldn't go down this route, but fuck it. I, I've... Obviously, I was a copper. I was a copper in London. I was a copper in the Metropolitan Police, which a lot of the people out there will go, uh, you know, straight away, the most racist organisation going. My experience of it was the polar opposite. Absolute polar opposite. And, and, you know, I, I I look at what happened to George Floyd and, you know, no part of my police tactical brain can justify what that copper did. You know, I could understand yeah, maybe yeah, kneeling yeah. on the bloke for twenty, thirty seconds, maybe even a Just minute. Just to gain control. If, yeah. If yeah. he was bolo, because I know how crazy people can get. There's a there's a thing called excited delirium. Well, you've
1: experienced it, haven't yeah, you? I have. Being in the place. So you'll yeah. know a completely different angle from everyone else that's Absolutely. looking in from but, it.
0: Yeah. but for eight minutes I, I cannot there's not a bone in my body that would for me to be in that position. And I know five minutes can go by like that. But I know in the moment, If yeah. I had three muckers with me, three colleagues, if if things had gone on for that... My colleagues would step in and go, that's not right. That's, you know... Whoa, you've that's been enough, on them too that's long. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. But you, yeah, you, I've looked at that yeah. footage. I've looked at loads of different videos of it, and there's... You can't justify it in any shape or form. But it seems to no. be that the American cops don't get the, the suspect and casualty handling training that we get in the UK. It's like we... For 15, 20 years, oh, yeah. we've known about this thing called excited delirium. And it's a it's a phenomenon where people either, they, they get in a, like a, my terminology's wrong, might be wrong here, so I'd apologise. But people get in a mental state, whether through drugs or through just, you know, mental imbalance Adrenaline. or whatever. Yes, they get into yeah, the state yeah, where yeah. literally they are, They work themselves up to a point where they are as as excited as you're possibly going to get. They're not
1: themselves.
0: No. So where you see people lift cars, you see people with superhuman strength, but you often see people stripping off at this point so you will yeah. see like naked people in the street that's a big thing to look out for people that are naked from the waist up or totally naked because the body's overheating and yeah. basically your body just your body keeps getting higher and higher and higher and higher and higher in the state till it the, yeah. literally the only end result is death unless medical aid is is administered like proper medical aid from a paramedic, from a doctor. So we know about this in the UK and the police now, and we know that if you... Experience somebody like that in a street, whether you're trying to arrest them or you just come across them in the street. We know about mm-hmm. this and we know about positional asphyxia, where, you know, if you handcuff somebody behind the back and you lay them face down, then just the sheer weight of their body can stop can them,
1: restrict them. Yeah, it can yeah.
0: stop the lungs open and closing. So we know to yeah. put people on their sides, we know to monitor casualties and suspects. But the Americans yeah. just don't seem to get taught that.
1: Well, so did I read something somewhere? It, may, it might be completely false, but I'm sure I read somewhere that um, barbers go through more hours of training than police. Wow. I, do you know what? Don't quote me on that. That might be... Because, again, it's all on the internet and we don't know what's true or false, but um, I, I have a pal, a pal at home that he's he basically does jiu He mm. owns a jiu-jitsu. J- Gracie Barra, I know it's a franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah. He runs uh-huh. the Dialaman gym. All right. gym. And to me, stuff like that, why is that not mandatory? mm um, a lot of coppers
0: know. are starting to learn jujitsu now. In in the UK, exactly, I, I know a yeah. lot of my friends. I worked in the firearms division, and a lot of my friends have started doing jujitsu just because mm-hmm. it's it's stuff you need to know. You just as a copper, you, you can need disarm, to
1: know disarm mm. a situation without hurting anyone, mm. but you're in control. Yeah, to me that that, that makes that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. But and, and sometimes, especially in the firearms world, sometimes it is life or death because if they overpower you, they've got your gun. You know, and you know, you go from one extreme to the other. One extreme for where you know you're dealing might be dealing with a shoplifter who just wants to get away, and then the other time you're dealing with desperation kicks in. The other the other extreme is you're dealing with Tommy terrorist at London Bridge that's trying to kill everybody and get your gun and shoot people. So it's uh, it's, there's
1: no every every situation is almost its own, isn't it? mm. There's no you can almost put a framework in, but you have to think on your toes each time. And I'd hate to be. In that position to have mm. to make that decision,
0: I got. Um, I got to admit, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm out, and it's it's heartbreaking to see, especially in the UK, to see people. The flack Yeah, to see people label yeah. the police in the UK. Like with what with what they they think you do, as opposed to what I know we do, and yeah, we, we ain't racist yeah. in the UK. Just the, there yeah. might be one or two, but they're bad apples, and you know I'll knock them out before any member of bad public. Bad apples would. everywhere, of course, of Everywhere course. you go, it's just not apples. tolerated. You know, it's it's yeah. fucking inhuman. anyway let would... anyway. Anyway, get off that. Let's get off that politics. There you
1: go. Well, we had to touch on it, didn't we? We, we did.
0: We, we, we well, did.
1: We've done that. Right. Fair last boy.
0: last one. Oh, actually, there's two more. Are you okay for time? Yeah, no, I'm
1: fine, yeah. Cool. I'm just worried that everyone's going to be like, God, this
0: is boring. Dario's <laughs> chatting shit. I, but I like this. You know, the amount of people that... I would say that the views on the podcast stuff are way down on, on some other vids. But the people yeah. that watch it, you know, people are watching for like half an hour or an hour, which on YouTube yeah. is... It's not. Yeah, phenomenal. It's like average... like
1: the type of thing you put on in the background, can't you, while you're yeah. doing jobs or whatever, you can just listen to it. Yeah,
0: like my average viewer retention used to be six or seven minutes, which was not bad. It's not bad mm. for a, for like a 20-minute, 20 25-minute vid, six or seven minutes, yeah. it's, it's not bad. Now it's like 25 minutes. so it's But you don't get the views, awesome. but the viewer the viewer retention goes right up because people mm-hmm. watch half an hour of it. Go and do something else, come back, watch another half hour. Come back to it, finish mm.
1: it another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And, and to be honest, I just, I love doing these. I just enjoy chatting. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I am the same. Alan B1, what can you share that Bruce can call Lyndon out on if he ever does a podcast with him? Bad habits, embarrassing stories, etc All oh, right. Now I'm looking to the... yes. Hang on. Pen. All right. Begin. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a real tough one. Lyndon, if you're
0: watching this Lyndon,
1: Turn off. L- linden Lyndon's got nothing to hide, man. Like he will he will strip naked and jump in a lake in front of a load of people on camera. He's he's not shy at all. He
0: strikes me um, as a bloke that wears his heart on his sleeve and just he, says it as his.
1: Exactly exactly that. I don't think I can to be honest. It's hand on heart, I'm not just saying this because Linden's a very close friend and a, a really good client. I don't think there's anything that I could I could call him out on. I really don't think so. I'm, I'm thinking like <laughs> fuck because it would be funny if I could. Um, he just doesn't have anything to hide. He is what he is. Like camera recording or not, he's the same. Um, fuck! I can't answer that question. Do you know, mate? That's
0: that's really refreshing here. That's awesome. In my to hear.
1: opinion, that's that's um that's like a nod to Linden because. Mm. He's got, he is who he is, and he just doesn't hide anything from anyone. Mm. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But um, I can, yeah, I can't answer the question.
0: Cool. Well Hand on hot. I hope it happens. I, I would love to chat with him. So, Lyndon, I'm well up for it. If you're watching, I'm definitely up It'll for it. It'll happen. It'll yeah. happen, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Right, Young E5. Question for both of us Name three people uh, you would like to share a beer with, past or present, but only one can be a biker.
1: Oh, I heard this question when you interviewed Peter Hickman, yeah, and, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't ever want everyone to answer that." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um,
0: mm. oh. um, I think I think I I think I buy I buy, I bypassed it. I think I dingied it and never went back to it with Peter. Three people who'd like. See, to I'm gonna it answer Dave it here,
1: me. and I, I'll watch this back, and I'll be like, "Yeah, no, that's wrong." Yeah. In the moment do you know i'd love i'd love to chat to colin mcrae
0: wow yeah
1: yeah yeah. i'd really like to chat to colin mcrae um for no reason apart from the fact that he was a beast um oh, man I'm, I'm really into my music as well so th- there's got to be some musicians in there um We're gonna have to pause this. We're gonna have to cut this bit <laughs> out. I'm thinking here.
0: Right, um, I think I've Colin, got I've got two of my three, so I'll go now, go on, and then go, you come to yeah, me. Yeah, go
1: for it. Right, for if
0: it. if only one can be a biker, then it would be Colin Edwards, and I've I've been lucky enough oh, to meet. Oh,
1: dude, I've worked with Colin Edwards. He's awesome, isn't he? He's so nice. He's just I a... met him, and he was straight away. He was so the friendliest person ever. Yeah. I did Moto America with him. He's a legend.
0: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, down to earth. Another oh, one dude. of these people who is exactly like they are on TV, like they are in real life. Yeah. Just genuine. 100%. Lovely bloke. Yeah. So I'd love to have a beer with him, some steak, ride some bikes, mm-hmm. have a great time. So that's my biker, Joe Rogan, just because...
1: Oh, yeah, what a great show. He got
0: me into this. It was listening to him that made me think, oh, I really like that format. And I love... Yeah. I love his... I love his mentality and his attitude, and that he's—he looks like he's going to be a right-wing thug, but he's probably the most open, spiritual oh, bloke. Oh,
1: so open! Yeah, he is. He'll try anything. Absolutely. And I yeah, give yeah. you his honest opinion. Yeah, I love—I love his show.
0: So I would love to have I a good long he, chat with him.
1: Yeah, that would be cool.
0: Yeah. And I'm stuck on one more. Um, oh, past or present. You want to be windswept and interesting, don't you? Trying to pull one out the back. I bag. know,
1: yeah, I know. I'm just thinking, maybe I'm thinking too hard. Maybe I just want to pick people that I really like.
0: Do you know who's just jumped um, into my mind? Yeah. Muhammad Ali. Really? Yeah, I think I think he would be an incredibly interesting bloke to chat to, just yeah. about, like, his life, what, what drove him. Uh-huh. Yeah, just... Because yeah, you think you think story. about what you went through in life and what you achieved, oh, right? Yeah, I'd, I would quite like to have a chat with him, and especially from my point of view now in the future, ex-old Bill, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Done some travel, and I would like to chat to him from obviously his experience. Maybe the old Bill back in the day, he was like he was conscripted into the army, wasn't he? And then didn't didn't go so i think was did he he? Get i did not know that i think it was vietnam wasn't it was he not conscripted into the army for vietnam or what? is that right but to be honest i don't know he refused Fuck, to go that's true i need to i need I th- to like look that up i think i could be wrong here and i'm sorry if i am yeah. but in my head i'm thinking i think he was a conscientious conscientious objector to the vietnam war i think so right. i think he obviously faced the authorities head on and i would i would just love to chat no to him look. Way. I might have made that entirely up but I, that seems yeah. to be ringing in my head. So I love those three.
1: Next, you. Great choices. <laughs> um do you know I'm going to pick uh, Dave Grohl. Oh. As well.
0: Oh man. I play guitar yeah. and
1: drums myself. I'm shit. You know, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not I've played guitar for years. I should be really good. I'm not. <laughs> um but everything that Dave Grohl has been through and all the music he's made, the people he's met, I just think you could kill a few beers off of him. Easy.
0: Oh, when I've Um, seen interviews of him, what a down-to-earth, decent bloke he seems, doesn't he? That's
1: it. He comes, again, he's like, he'll just say like, wait, the first Foo Fighters album was just him and he'll admit like, look, I found no one that I knew was good enough to be on the album, so I played everything. I'm like, well, fuck, fair play, man.
0: What a dude.
1: Uh, And now all the stuff he's done, um, Everyone I just think he'd be a cracking person to chat to.
0: Oh mate, I'm jealous now. Why didn't I think of Dave Grohl? It just came into my head.
1: Jimi Hendrix was there as well, mm-hmm. but I, I think even though Jimmy's a incredible like, you know, icon, I think Dave would offer more to a conversation. Now the last person.
0: It's a biker. Um Last one's a biker. Colin McRae.
1: Last one's a biker. Dave Grohl. Yeah, okay, fair fair play, that helps. Um And it's anyone that people... It could be someone that's still here now, couldn't it? See, mm-hmm. So you had... um I would pick Peter Hickman, but you had him on. And I watched the whole thing. And... Because I edited the 2018 TT. All right. Um I was one of the editors for it. And I know how mental that was. And he just chatted like it was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's very chilled. And I was like, Jesus, fair play. Um So I felt like I learned everything there. Maybe... Joey Dunlop, yeah, yeah, I, man. I was thinking, he Jerry was before, Dunlop. My he was before my time, he's before my time. I've worked with uh, with Michael and with William as well before mm. everything that happened with William. I filmed them all, Guy Martin, all the road races. I've done all that stuff, but Jerry was just before my time. Um, I think again from seeing the documentaries of him, he looks like. A really reserved kind of dude. Intensely um, private, he seems. Doesn't. Very he? family mm. orientated. Um, rocked up to the track, did his thing. Um, for a bike rider, I think it'd be unbelievably like humbling mm. to just have it, maybe have a coffee with him. Yeah, that's what I think. Good or call. Maybe a beer. I don't know. Good yeah, call. so that was a bloody hard question. My my head hurts.
0: There's a second part. Ah. Oh. Young e 5s asking, if you could have your choice of any two people to be your brawly girl or boy, who would be shining your helmet and kissing you off the line?
1: Brawly girl. Dude, these questions. (laughs) Brawly girl. Um, Or
0: boy, Dario, or boy.
1: Come on. Well, I thought we had to pick one of each. We had to pick one of each. Um,
0: uh, well, no, it could be two girls, two boys, two people that can't quite decide or don't want to decide. <laughs> Just tick all those boxes. No, I've got to pick a Broly girl. Um, I
1: want one of each. Um oh, fucking hell. Do you know what? You're going to have to go first, I think.
0: <laughs> right, for me, it's going to be... And I've made no secret about this. It's gonna be no best. Do you know the Black Rifle Coffee lads? You ever seen them? No, I don't. Right. Black do rifle Ra- some homework, am I? Black Rifle Coffee are made up of um ex military veterans and like CIA veterans and stuff. They started yeah. there's, there's two lads, Matt Best and uh uh oh good God. Ethan. Is it Ethan? Oh, I can't even forgotten his name there's two chaps that started this coffee company called black rifle coffee and they're they're all over youtube and social media Matt Best's yeah. wife is a lady called no best and she's beautiful she's stunning so she would be one of mine and the other one would be my yeah. wife mrs teapot
1: oh you <laughs> beat me to it i was gonna say that what my wife what, are you, whoa, 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 whoa.
0: what are you having my wife, <laughs> no, my my wife. Well, I don't know.
1: <laughs> good answer fair play um there's me thinking Kelly Brook was coming into my head. Oh, always god been yeah. a fan. Oh god, yeah. Always been a fan. What yep. a lovely, uh, even seeing her on TV, she just looks fun. Yes. She looks like fun to be be yes. around. Yes, yes, and yes. So there you go. <laughs> I'm going to say Kelly Brook. She looks like a right laugh, um, lad. Tom DeLonge from Blink 182, just because he's oh. always been, he's all that. My favorite band. He got me into guitar. I'd love. Yeah, that'd be rad. Which one was, because I'm a, I'm a big fan?
0: Which one's he, Tom DeLong? From which one's he? He's the, guitar, the
1: guitarist, um, and they the the bassist and guitarist both sang. But Tom DeLong is they were the first band that I liked that was punk that was kind of alternative. Yeah. Um, I like I had my fringe like him back in the day. I got tattoos because he, I just he like a lot of the shit he did was very influential on me. Um, and I think that'd be cool, cool man. Um also, like now, I don't know. He's been on Joe Rogan a few times. He's really into like aliens and UFOs and ah, shit. And, is that him? And it's, yeah, that's him. He's, a lot of people will say he's mad. Um, I like to think he's just, um, Putting himself out there with his views, and it's more interesting to think that shit's real than mm. just go. No, it's, it's not. It's but it's boring if you just think it's not real. It just, it it's just more makes fun. It just makes life so much more exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. So, it, like everything he's saying about it, I'm like, dude. It, I mean, it's not proven yet, but I like the idea of it.
0: Have you have you listened to the the Rogan podcasts about? Um, th- there was there was one guy I've forgotten his name. There's the guy that worked in area. 51 51 52 whatever it was the one that actually 51, worked yeah. he worked on yeah yeah a craft. I've,
1: seen, I've seen it i've seen it because he's 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 spoken out about it hasn't yeah he, he has yeah And, like, he lost his job and shit. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I've seen that one. Oh, I listened to
0: it. I haven't watched the YouTube one. I listened to it, and I told my brother about it. And my brother, like, my brother's five years older than me, and he was just looking at me like, you fucking idiot. Don't be ridiculous. What are you smoking? Yeah, and I said to him, honestly, mate, I was trying to tell him about Joe Rogan, and I said, honestly, I sent him the link, and I said, listen to this. And he watched it. He watched it on YouTube, and he phoned me up the next day, and he went, fucking hell, I haven't slept, I have just been watching oh, like, Joe Rogan increasing. after Joe Rogan after Joe Rogan after Joe Rogan, and he was just like, yeah. holy shit, have you heard about such and such? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I saw that one, and such and such, yeah. You see the one about they the... They just
1: put it... What's that, sorry? The,
0: the pilots, the pilots that were flying and off the, the Californian coast, and they actually came like face to face with these craft. Have you... No, I have not seen that one. Oh, my God. I that... will watch that tomorrow, though. Mate, it's phenomenal. <laughs> and they've got they've got proper radar footage of it. They've The military has released it because they can't oh, explain this stuff. And the military it's... were just like, we've been seeing this stuff for months, but, you know, we could never send in anyone there. But they just happened yeah. to be nearer at the time.
1: I just yeah. think it's way cooler and more interesting, like you are saying, to just be like, well, maybe that could be true. Yeah. Um, and then you get someone that's that speaks out about it like that and they might come across as absolutely insane but to a few of us, we're like wow, well, I mean, maybe that is true and if it is true, that's freaking cool
0: My my son um, he, because he's doing all freelance stuff, he's, he's just published on his YouTube channel, he's just and I'll, I will put links to this down below because it'll help him out and mm. he's my son but, I was um, going to
1: say, I need to see his stuff
0: well, I'll, send you, I'll send you a link to this, he's, he's just released this video, yeah. a documentary he did it's like a a 90-minute documentary filmed with this homeless lady in Glasgow called Dee. And um, she's a poet. She started writing poetry about her experiences on the street. And it's phenomenal. You know, he's my, he's wow. my, he's my boy, and I'm going to say this. But it's an incredible piece of content. The, the story he puts across. And this, this homeless lady who's articulate yeah. and thoughtful and kind and considerate despite telling you the horrific things that she's gone through in life that's put her into that position you know and you it's yeah. it's got everything it's got empathy it's got humor it's got fear it's got everything in it well he's now oh, doing man. one he's now doing one with this young lass that he's um found up there who says she's been abducted by aliens and like even even my boys like i think she's a wee bit mental dad and i'm like yeah 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 uh, yeah but you know see through the see it through
1: is, uh, see what you can do stuff got- like stuff like that's interesting yeah um whether it's true or not it's you still an interesting person by the sounds of it to to try and like portray on film um people love looking at that kind of thing definitely definitely so yeah like this
0: this lassie d you know you just think her poetry's she reads some of it on the street while she's she's chatting chatting to my boy she reads some of it and you're like that's beautiful you know that that should be in a book. Wow. And you're like, oh, if yeah, someone well, how could just—how
1: have you ended up here?
0: Yeah, and you just think, if someone poetry. could just—someone <clears throat> in the powers that be could just take hold of her, lift you up, and just yeah, give her that one little—she doesn't need to be a millionaire, but just give her that no, one little break all. that that gives yeah. her enough boost to just step. Uh-huh. All, all she wants, she says it in the thing. All she wants is a wee house with a fence outside. That's all she wants—is her own little place. Wow. And you're like, yeah. fucking hell, come on! In this day and your age. Heart yeah.
1: Anyway. Oh, man.
0: Dude, that is... Well, We've I'm, been chatting, haven't we? I've got two hours 51 on my camera <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm so sorry everyone We've been chatting all sorts, haven't we?
0: Mate, I've loved it, I have absolutely I've absolutely loved it I've had a it. great time I feel like I could we go on for another my beer couple as well. Yeah, me and all, I'm done, I'm done. I am done. Th- I thought I was going to get through everything That's me, <laughs> th- me last one here Good boy, <laughs> good lad, good lad. Um, Mate, before before we call it quits Is there anything you want to chat about? Is there any shout-outs you want to give? Hellos, thank <clears throat> yous, anything?
1: Um honestly just like to you thank you very much oh. for like having me on because like i say it's it's the first time i've ever been uh invited on to anything like this and i've enjoyed it big time it's, it's nice awesome. to talk about the stuff that happens because everyone always sees the end product and they like it but there's all that stuff that happens behind the camera um and like you say there's hours that we could talk about more but just thank you for having me on really and hey, my pleasure um, if my mom and dad are still watching <laughs> you Megan, Hallie, and, like, all my family and friends on the Isle of Man, basically. Um, yeah. And, I, and just thank you again, basically.
0: Cool. It's, it's been made, an absolute pleasure. It's been my, my utter pleasure to, to have you, and I'm really, really thankful for you to, for agreeing to come on, mate. I've, I've loved it. I really love your work. Awesome. And, um, I'm over the moon thank that, you, that you came on for a chat.
1: So, um, hey, And also, TT Week next year, we're going to make some shit. We're going to make some videos. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, uh, oh y- man, you're on wait, you know. I- I'm doing it, I'm, I'm doing it. And If I can get yeah. over before I'll give you a shout
1: It's a done deal If you get over before We can plan some stuff as well Right Let's do it Honestly Let's awesome. do it Awesome Right I'm up for it No I'm, I'm, I am promise you I'm, I mean it I'm down
0: Spot on um, Folks Sweet. I will leave links To Dario's Instagram And socials And um, Bloom Creative His company I'll leave all that In the show notes For the podcast And also in the description For the YouTube video So make sure you check them out Give a follow Or a subscription Right, folks, that'll do us for just now. Hope you've enjoyed this one. I really have. Um, By the time you watch this, I'm pretty much imagining we will be out of all of this madness. So uh, look after yourselves. Absolutely. Look after yourselves. Look after those that you love. Get on out there. Do your thing. But most importantly, live your life. Woo-ha! Yes. Dude, I absolutely loved that.